I think music makes all you like, the you like this music. Yeah. Yeah, no, like generic, like, generic like rock word. is is yeah. perfect for any drag racing. You've ever played any drag racing video game or anything? Yeah, true. It just, just sounds just, like that opening. Just hit that generic scene, uh, rock screen track. on the NHRA video game. Turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it. about those, yeah, electric nitro, guitars, nitro, man. Nitro. Right, like, same yeah. one, same one from. Uh, I about remixed that. Two thousand three. Click, click, boom. Right? Yeah, that's a good song though. Yeah. That is a good song. I'm yeah. not saying it's not, but it has been worn out, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. we got worn out that year that NHRA had it. I like, that was awesome, like, though, because that, that was like a hit song during that time period. It's been and around got, so long that it's been on my playlist like three or four different times. You know, like you get sick of it and you remove it. <laughs> it and then you're coming like, back. Oh, yeah. And I'll listen to that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. And you, and you hear it about 20 more times. You're like, oh, that's got to go. <laughs> like, oh, sure, that's yeah. still on We're gonna here. Get I ruin songs in my house. I ruin songs. Blake's gonna write it, some uh, original it. music for West Buck. He is so the West can... Buck show, yeah, theme yeah. song, man. So yeah. that we don't have any copyright. Issues. My name's West Buck. I don't give a. <laughs> this ain't luck. Sorry, I'm trying to throw <laughs> yeah. some. Uh, I gonna throw the biggest graduation in the world. It's not gonna suck. My crew don't yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, we got this. I'll write. You I'll write the lyrics for you, Blake. Oh, perfect! You do yeah. great. That's that's always encouraging. We're in the yeah. Hudson is the, the song. I'm right good steps so far. You know, yeah. my parents told me one time I was a poet and didn't know it. Oh, jeez, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Louise, JT, my goodness. Uh, I uh, th I do think music is a big deal that doesn't get leaned on enough. Like we're gonna do more music stuff at World Series of Promo this year. I just think it makes all the difference. It controls like it, people's emotions, is what it does. Doesn't mean like, like my my wife hates music. Like she didn't care. You, you can take it, leave it, doesn't matter. Me, I like really. It like gets me pumped or makes. They me say sad you should be really or, worried yeah. about people that say that they don't like music. I actually read that somewhere. I've got another she friend. Like, she doesn't care. I, or she doesn't like any music. Period. Then I asked him like what his favorite song was. Oh. We're gonna play it over the big loudspeakers and sing karaoke to it in the Who, shop Stacey? there. And he goes, No, no, this is uh, another one of my friends, and he's he said. I don't really oh, have a favorite song. I don't even. Wife. I don't even turn on. No, my wife's the same way, but I don't even really turn on my radio in my truck or something. And I was like, "What?" Van Abernathy yeah. doesn't listen to music. Yeah. What? Talks to hear the radio. Yeah. Call, worried about you. Call Van right now, and he's driving. Well, he's actually oh. on a cruise ship. But call Van right now, and he could be driving across the country and be like, "Hey, man, what's on the uh, what's on the dials, man? What's on the radio?" He'd be like, "No, nothing. Just talking." The highway. To he's talking to God. Wow. I mean, it's true. Oh, I mean, he just. Yeah. I mean, he does. He just—it's a. I was getting ready to call him. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you were serious. I was like, okay. music's a huge part of my existence. Like, Most I mean, definitely. yeah, a huge, huge part of it. All right, hey, let's let's yep. let's. What we got uh, going today? All right, we got a big one today. Gang, uh, huge show for you guys today. Very excited about this. We're going to be joined here in just a few minutes by our friends, uh, longtime friends of Drag Illustrated, the one, the only, perhaps one of the best to ever do it, Jim Halsey, Pro Nitrous superstar, as well as World Series of Pro Mod frontrunner, the one, the only, Keith Haney, a legend, at least in his own mind. I think we're all pretty fond of him, but he's certainly uh, way up there in his own programming. Uh, and we're also going to hear from TJ Pruitt, dragcoverage.com's own TJ Pruitt, who's fresh off a huge weekend and Steel, Alabama, his uh, annual Night of Fire event. Big show for you guys today. JT, row the intro. Awesome. Let's do it. Listen, I've never had any problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Drag racing is all I've ever done. It's all I care to do.
I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. The biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. This is the great American motorsport. Drag racing. Prove me wrong. I'll wait. Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Thank you guys so much for being here, being a part of this craziness each and every weekend, uh, excuse me, each and every week, right here on the Drag Illustrated YouTube channel, Facebook page, uh, everywhere else, YouTube, uh, excuse me, podcasts are sold. Thank you guys, seriously, it means the world to us, the fact that we're able to get everybody together, talk about the sport of drag racing, all the latest and greatest happenings in this incredible sport that we're also blessed to be a part of, and have you all help us spread that message so remember click like click share click subscribe help us spread the gospel of drag racing you have no idea the impact it makes it's very significant we've got a barn burner of a show for you guys we're it's indie week around here if you're in the drag racing world the nhra us nationals are a massive happening the biggest drag race on the planet earth i believe the entry list at uh, upon last uh, look nearly 900 cars headed to Claremont, Indiana this weekend for the NHRA U.S. Nationals. The 69th annual running of the NSU, NHRA U.S. Nationals uh, established in 1955. It's the big go. It's the granddaddy of them all. I can't wait to get there. I, turn, I believe I get there Thursday morning. Uh, it's super excited. Uh, we've also got uh, there's a lot going on in the drag racing world right now. And this is something I want to talk about whenever he comes on the show a little bit later. But we've also got the Yellow Bullet Nationals coming up at Cecil County Dragway. And to be honest, it's kind of a big happening. These two huge events happening on the exact same weekend. And I would love to kind of dive into that story a little bit when we're joined a little bit later in the show by Jim Halsey, the owner of Cecil County Dragway. And uh, one of the main, uh, what, what would you say? The, the main people behind the yellowbullet.com nationals along with the whole crew at YB and uh, Monty Miko and everybody else that's involved. But anyways, we've got a big show for you guys today. We'll also be joined by Keith Haney, founder of the Midwest Drag Racing Series, who's actually making the 1400 mile trek across country to Maryland from his hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma to participate in the Yellow Bullet Nationals. We're also gonna be joined a little, uh, about an hour from now by TJ Pruitt, promoter of the dragcoverage.com Night of Fire that took place this past weekend in Steele, Alabama at Alabama International Raceway. But before we get into all that stuff, we got, we got plenty to cover. Let me introduce my cohorts here on the West Buck Show, the one, the only, Mike Carpenter, JT Hudson. What's up, boys? You doing good? What's up? <laughs> JT, a little bit of a different, uh, a different backdrop. I see some. Yeah. What is it, Ron Caps in the background? What is this? Yep. A, a replay? You got your DVR fired up? Yeah, man, we're in the bar downstairs. He, <laughs> he could get away from the house. He said he's got too much going on for the soybean actually, festival. Actually, came home for it. I went to the office and I came home for this so that I could get to my daughter's well, golf meet later. And so, well, with JT, I mean, it's <clears throat> indie week, but apparently in Missouri, it's. Soybean, soybean week, festival, which week. is bigger than the U.S. Nationals. So it we're trying U.S. Nationals look. Very <laughs> and I'm the father of last year's soybean queen. Whoop. So yeah, whoop 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 whoop. Shout Big out deal. Dayton. Yeah. yeah, shout out Dayton. Somehow reigning, though, defending soybean festival queen. 
Yeah, we're prying JT away though for to go she to. Better Indy. stop acting like me, or she's going to get stripped of her crown. I believe. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if your kids start acting like you, I'd relocate like I to know. Antarctica. Um, <laughs> I'd just go a long way away, somewhere in like the forest of Mexico. Yeah, you need to get out of Dodge. The if forest they start of Mexico. Like a forest. There's a lot of forest in Mexico. I've only flown over a handful of times, but a lot of greenery. A lot, there lot is of a lot of greenery. Yeah, a lot of coverage. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think you'll be able to find a place to hide out. Uh, guys, uh, again, big week in the sport of drag racing. I kind of want to just, I don't know, riff on this whole deal. I mean, how many years, let, let, like, let's just share some indie memories. I mean, for me personally, this event, it's so integral into what we do here at Drag Illustrated uh, in that it's just something that, what's the word? It moves the needle, like it, it tugs at your heartstring a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but I get excited every year. Like whenever it's time to go to Indy, start talking about Indy, it just feels, I mean, I, maybe it's the conclusion of the NHRA countdown, right? Maybe it's the, the playoff deal. Maybe it's the time of year. It's record setting season, right? We're gonna, we're gonna trend towards the, the cooler months where we're gonna see some potentially record-breaking runs. It's just an exciting time of year, and, and when you get everybody there, I, I tell you what it is. It's a mover and shakers race. I wrote this in my notes, that it's one of the handful of events that bring people out of the woodwork, right? I mean, it's, it's people that don't typically go to every race, but they're not going to miss Indy. So, I mean, if you're, if you're in the business of drag racing, the U.S. Nationals is essentially a can't-miss event because almost every decision maker in this space We'll be walking around Lucas Oil uh, Raceway at Indianapolis uh, this weekend. I mean, Nate, or excuse me, Mike, is that kind of your your take on the, the situation as well? Yeah, for sure. Look at JT, man. We're dragging him out. It's really, it's, <laughs> it's the only, it's the only, uh, I believe it's the only NHRA race that you're going to be at this year, right? So I think Maybe. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a big one for everybody. And um, yeah, to me, it's the time of year. And the fact it's like signaling the start of fall, uh, the end of the regular season, you know, the point structure resets, everything is, is different after Indy. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. And, and I haven't been as many times as I would like to, to be honest with you, we used to go to Indy a lot with my dad when the super Chevy races would, would go there. That's, I went to those every year. Um, and those were huge deals. It kind of seems like a lot of events they have at Indy end up being big deals. They had the, what the Cletus deal earlier in the year there. So it's almost just the place itself and the name Indy that anytime we go there for a drag race, uh, it's going to be a big deal, but this is obviously the big one. Uh, we've seen the entry lists, uh, I think probably at a high for, for the last few years, uh, compared to obviously the COVID years. But to me, the, one of the best trips we had was actually during COVID, uh, that 2020 trip, uh, with, uh, you know, kind of battling those, that, that whole situation with COVID, um, where are we going to continue to ever have Indy? Uh, remember the, you know, handful of races they had at Indy. Was that going to take away from the U S nationals? There was kind of like a lot of uncertainty, but that ended up being a great event, uh, with a lot of memorable things happening. So, um, I'm, you last, know, last year was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. 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 Last Maybe year was good of a time. Too good yeah. of a time. Oh, yeah. We're going to have less good of a good time this year, JT. <laughs> you two Prom are going to have promise me. a good time. Promise me. But promise I, I, just think me. That <laughs> I, I think about personally, I think I went to the, so I've gone to the NHRA US Nationals every year since 2006. So we 
started the magazine in 2005. It was October. The U.S. Nationals had already happened. But the next year, you know, it goes without saying that if you're like launching a drag racing magazine, that you've got to be at the U.S. Nationals. And I remember going for the first time in 2006 and we stayed at the, um, the, the what is it, the Crown, whatever it is, the Crown Plaza down, the one that has the, the, uh, the, the train running through it. Right. So we stayed downtown and I just remember how much of a big deal it was because this is funny, man. I got my first ever paycheck from Drag Illustrated in 2006. Right. So we'd been doing this deal for about a year at this time. Right. So we started the magazine and it was you know, at that point in time. And it's weird how everything changes, because being an entrepreneur is like a buzzword in 2023. Right. Everybody says it. that I don't even know that I knew what that word meant in 2005 when we started Drag Illustrated. Right. Nobody. It wasn't really as talked about starting your own business or whatever. And we didn't really even know what we were doing. We were just like trying to find a way to go to the drag races and have it be a money earning situation. And so anyways, I remember going to the to the U.S. Nationals in 2006 and we went to Hooters, which I think has long since been closed in downtown Indianapolis. It's like not there anymore. That's anyways, a shame. It is a shame. I'm sorry, T. <laughs> but we went there. It was so funny because we were like kind of going over the company finances. And when I say company, that's like a real big like I'm being very generous. You're balancing a checkbook you know, on the back yeah. of the <laughs> it was like, How long did that we take? Right in five minutes. Not quite, you know, I would say it took uh, 40 to 50 seconds to really talk about how much money have we made, right? Or how much have we brought in? What's left? And I remember sitting there with my then partners and going like, dude, we're each about to get $200. You know what I mean? We split 600 bucks three ways. And I'm going, we're about to go to the big time, bro. Like we, we, you're getting two hundred dollars. I'm getting two hundred dollars. He's getting two hundred dollars. Like, when does it what end? Do, yeah. What do you say we get out of? What do you say we get out of this Hooters and go somewhere nice like a Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, throw these wings away. We need to go. We're moving up the. We're moving up in the world. But it's funny how like little silly things like those they're kind of like core memories. Like I remember that. Like I remember the table we were sitting at. I remember it so vividly that. To think about all that's happened since then, 16 years ago, uh, it's kind of hard to hard to believe. I remember rolling up on the I show. I remember driving over. This had been a few years later, probably in like what would it have been 08, 9, 10, something like that. Driving over because it was always a, a, a drive. I, it was never a race that I flew to about seven hours from northeast Missouri to Indianapolis, Indiana. And I always made that drive. And it was it, it was something that. I mean, I looked forward to year after year after year, just making that drive, being alone in the car, alone with my thoughts, thinking about things. And I remember showing up, I think it had been 09. It would have been, Mike, it would have been right about the time at the height of the David Rare, Rare Morrison going pro mod racing movement, right? This is mm -hmm. a, an engine builder that had kind of earned its stripes in pro stock racing, sportsman racing, and we're making the move into pro modified and had teamed up with Shannon Jenkins, Mike Castellana to provide power to that team in NHRA Pro Mod competition. And I remember rolling up and it was a it was a big deal to me personally, but I, I was walking into the Pro Mod pits, shocking. Uh, unfortunately, they were parked like on the back nine out in the grass and gravel and whatnot. And I'm walking out there 
and I walk up towards Shannon Jenkins pits and there's David rear sitting in a, a, a camp chair, right? Leg crossed reading drag illustrated. And it was like this, it may have been the most like validating moment of my life at that point to roll up on someone as accomplished as David rare reading our magazine. It was like such a moment for me. Uh, and I'll never forget it. So I took a picture of him sitting there. I've got it somewhere on my phone. I would have to dig it up. But anyways, I think I've seen it. We, we ran it in the magazine. We ran it in the I'm magazine. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I rolled up, took a picture immediately. Cause I'm going, this ain't happening. Again. Is that where look who's, feels- look who's reading? Yeah, that, was a good se- that was a fun section. It wasn't where it started, but I, I it really almost was as, a cool Almost as fun as the, the uh, babe of the month. Ooh, babe of the month caused a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, that was a questionable decision pretty much this, across the board. This was even pre-JT. So, yeah, you know, I know that I mean, sounds like, yeah. We even were wild, would, dude. Even I would know probably not to do that. No, you wouldn't. You'd be encouraging yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. If you, th- I mean, to be honest, I'm halfway embarrassed to admit how much effort we put into that part of the magazine. We'd be like Gee, organizing a photo shoot across the country, right? It's like, all right, hey, about a thousand miles away from here, we're like renting a shop. We're like getting people. We're getting lights. We're getting a photographer to go shoot the babe of the month for Drag Illustrated. Well, it wasn't. And- <laughs> we, we had, we were instigated by a certain photographer. Yeah. Who I've been talking this, to a lot recently. This, this was his pet project. It was his pet project, man. But uh, I think we we shot maybe one of those in Indy over the years at some point in time. No, I know we did. We actually, whenever we shot Raymond Camiso, there's a blast from the past for you. Whenever we shot Raymond Camiso for the cover of Drag Illustrated, which would have been like one of the first 10 issues, for 10 or 12 issues for sure, uh, we did a Babe of the Month photo shoot that at that event as well. And it's just, it's a special place. I mean, it really is. It's like a cultural happening. I remember going there, 2006 was the first year I went as Drag Illustrated, right? Like as this was my career. But many years prior to that, I'd went with my dad. And I remember rolling up and just seeing the parking lots full of people and the campgrounds full of people. And to me, to be honest, like that is kind of what our sport, I saw it a few weeks ago in Brainerd, Minnesota at the NHRA Lucas Oil Nationals. That campground festival vibe is built for drag racing. Like it, it's they are they go hand in hand. The the way drag racing is organized and the way it plays out over the course of an entire day, and it's you know we're gonna run Q one at eleven a.m. We're gonna run Q two at three a.m. We're gonna run or three p.m. We're gonna do this. It, it sir, it lends itself to a festival because you can go do other stuff, right? Go back to your pit, go back to your campsite, party with your friends, come back, watch a little bit of racing, go back. It, it's so. And when that happens, and it's, and it's really over early enough where you can, you can get some festivities in that you night, some, you know, you can, you can eat man. and barbecue and, you know, and, and you're not running until two, 3 a.m. in the morning. You, you know what I, I mean? think that personally, those are memories that are like welded in my brain I, pulling up. I mean, you would, the signs you would see rolling into uh, the U S nationals, you know, I mean, it was some real off color, audacious stuff, but it would just, it spoke to the energy and the vibe and the atmosphere. I mean, if you go across the street from the racetrack into that campground there, um, just opposite of the pits, the ProMod pits, I mean, it's a, it's a free for all. It's a wild, wild scene, bro. And that I think, to be honest, in my opinion, those are our people. Those are the people that make drag racing what it is. And I think sometimes we get really bad about trying to 
like lean away from our identity, who we really are. I mean, this is a sport that was built on the back of outlaws and badasses and kind of roughnecks and blue collar hey, people. I think NASCAR and, runs into that all the too. time, all okay. the time, because they're, they're, like they're always trying, trying to, to polish it up, polish it up. You know? and, and it's like, but that's not really your audience, man. You know? It's really not, man. I mean, and, it, and I'm I'm excited to, I'm excited to go back to Indy. It, it's a it's a special place. They do uh, all. You think about all the history that's happened there, all these iconic moments that have happened in the sport of drag racing. And I, I don't know. I think that we may well see a few more this this very weekend. They've got more racing going on than you can shake a stick at. I mean, obviously, Top Fuel, Funny Car, all that, Pro Stock. Um, we're going to have Factory X, which has been a, a big topic of conversation. They're going to have a four-car shootout at the Hemi Challenge. What else is going on? I mean, they've got 63 out. cars in Comp Eliminator, which is unheard of in, in recent history. Uh, I mean, just in a tremendous amount of drag racers. I know some top sportsman guys who literally went and entered uh, divisional races just so they could get their grade point and be able to enter the U S nationals. There feels like there's some momentum that maybe hasn't been there since pre COVID. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think mm -hmm. that we're seeing some enthusiasm and some, mem some momentum around this stuff that it's uh, it's been a while since it's felt this exciting. And to be honest, I feel like a little bit of a renewed last, last sense year of enthusiasm pretty, from NHRA. Last year was pretty good. I mean, like it was pretty good. Cause I was, I was, I was really shocked when we were just walking around and, just how packed and how excited everybody was. And yeah, I thought it was great, but it's the U S nationals, right? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, and I think, you know what we, uh, who do we have in the green room right now? I think it's Keith Haney. You know, his name, so, you know, his name. So we got a few <laughs> minutes. I don't know if we're going to Jim Halsey is trying to, uh, uh, he's not going to make it. It's okay. Oh. Um, oh. We may not get Jim on here. He's driving, trying to get back to the racetracks. We'll, we'll see what happens here, but uh, let's give it a second and see if we can't get Jim on. But uh, we're, we're going to get Keith regardless. Keith's already here. TJ will be here in a minute. Um, but I kind of want to touch on this whole thing with the NHRA U.S. Nationals. Mike, um, we talked about this off the air but I think it's worth mentioning on the air. I even feel a little bit of a renewed sense of enthusiasm from the NHRA. I mean, if you pay attention to even their own PR campaigns, they're fired up. And that's exciting to me. T to be honest, I think that there's this belief system, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike JT, but I think there's this belief that like the SCAG Power Equipment Pro Superstar shootout is this shot across the bow at NHRA. It's yeah. really not at all. It's a purely complimentary happening. However, if the fringe benefits of this situation are that the NHRA is going to be a little bit more outspoken about their promotional efforts, if they're going to have a little bit more fire in their belly when it comes to promoting their own events, and if that is somehow the result of the Skag Power Equipment Pro Superstar shootout, I'm here for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, because I'm seeing for the first time in my knowledge, I'm seeing them talk about purses mm -hmm. to over two million up for grabs yeah. at the 69th annual NHRA. We saw I've a never dedicated seen that in press a headline before for that a dedicated press release talking about, I think, the size of the field and uh, overall payout. Do you agree that we've got and I'm not trying to take credit for this. It's just I believe it to be true. Right. If we're going to be honest on this show and I'll talk to anybody who wants to talk to me about it. Right. Anybody who disagrees, I'm happy to have that conversation. But 
we need the NHRA to have a little more pep yeah. in their step. And we've we even need seen the NHRA to be a little bit more, uh, a little more proud of what they're doing because right here, this guy, these other two cats on, on screen right now, for years we have been promoting the NHRA, the, the National Hot Rod Association and the Professional Drag Racing Series and trying to do everything we possibly can to pour fuel on the fire in a good way, right? Celebrate the men and women that make this sport what it is. And I'm glad to see them get a little bit up in their feelings about it, right? Because they should be proud. They should be proud that they've got Absolutely. an event that's got 900 car, 900 entrants. We'll talk to Keith Haney here in just a few minutes and talk about the 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 reality of 900 race cars on the property. Holy moly. What an incredible <clears throat> accomplishment. You've got people coming from all points of the globe to a single location to do battle on a drag strip that, I mean, is so significant to the sport. I mean, I, I'm glad to see them get a little, I'm seeing members of the NHRA staff kind of pop off on social and I'm going, I love yeah. it. I love I think, it. I, mean, <clears throat> I think they're in a very unique situation, and I think it's a good situation to be in. And, I mean, if the race goes well, they can ride that high, you know, right into their season, and it's already got a, you know, drag racing will already have a bunch of buzz at that time. And, you know, just just go off of it like like the World Series of Pro Mod. You know, after the World Series of Pro Mod, I think everybody rode a high into the season, don't you? And, and you're not financially invested you're not you don't have your reputation on your line just let it happen be supportive of it and regardless of the outcome whether it whether it's a fail or or a win you can say well we were either there for it or you can say that's why we that's why we're the nhra and that's what we do what we do and you guys need to quit <laughs> quit trying to dip your toe in it you know or something but no i mean, really I, I mean i pretty much agree i mean i don't think that's a possibility but i do agree with what you're saying i mean you got nothing invested nothing to lose you've got nothing to lose and i really think that if they were i mean the way i would handle it is probably more along the lines of come on in the water's warm that's almost always my my answer i remember this vividly i was at my dad's birthday party my dad's house 23059 state highway h kirksville missouri i was on the back deck we were barbecuing hot dogs and hamburgers and i remember getting a phone call and i'm not going to name him because it would like nuke him. But I remember getting a phone call from this guy who had been a contributing writer to Drag Illustrated. And we'd been, this would have been in like 06, 07, 07. We hadn't been around very long. A couple, maybe a dozen issues, 16 issues, something like that. And I remember getting this phone call and this cat tells me, he says to me, he goes, hey man, I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been writing stories for you. And I just kind of think, you know, if you can put a, if you can put out a magazine, so can I. And I remember saying exactly to him, come on in. The water's warm, right? I mean, like, I'm not, who am I to tell you not to pursue whatever dream you have? Have at it, right? I mean, it lasted one issue. It, it burnt to the ground. It was a complete disaster. But, the, but you have to have some confidence in what you're doing, right? You have to have some belief that everybody's got a better idea, right? Everybody knows the way to do it or what they would do different. But you know what? Come on in, give it a shot. And I just think that the the NHRA, I'm I'm surprised at some of the pushback that we've gotten. You know well, what I mean? Because he's going to come on here in a second, and I, and I bet he'll agree. You know, he runs he runs some big dealerships, um, but I guarantee you, he doesn't tell his salespeople to go out there and run down the other ones in front of the customer because they see right through that shit, man. It just does. It's not a good look on you. 
you know, no, I couldn't agree more, man. And I'm glad you brought that up. Let's, let's get Keith in here real quick. Let's let me pay some bills. Uh, I had a great conversation with uh, Tommy Cunningham last night. We were just talking shop and I'm reminded of how incredible of a human being he is. So let me tell you that each and every episode of the West Buck show is brought to you by way of our friends at Stroud safety, right up the road here in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. These are some of the best people the sport of drag racing has to offer, and they are known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag chutes and seat belts to fire suits and blankets, all 100% made in America. I encourage you guys log on to stroudsafety.com. Tell them that we sent you. Support the people that support us because it 100% makes a difference, and by God, they deserve your business. Let's get to let's get Keith Haney on here. You know his name, the founder of the Midwest Drag Racing Series, which started out as a ProMod-centric sanctioning body but has since grown into something that offers top alcohol, funny car, ProMod, top sportsman, top dragster, um, various bracket classes, the new four, uh, what is the 420 index class that uh, Dave Pierce is behind? Got all sorts of go things going on. On. Keith Haney, what's up, buddy? And how are you today? I'm good, man. Are you uh so where are you at? I'm at work. <laughs> That's not your normal office, though. Yeah, this is my normal office. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm sorry. Very I thought it was standard, very plain, very well, that's not very Keith Haney. Let's get a fucking mamba or something like let's get a <laughs> snake on that door. Well, there's plenty of that around. Okay, uh, good. See some pictures back there. I, that's probably some winter photos back there. I think you were talking about NHRA and top sportsmen. Uh, is this the red car? Oh, yeah. shit, he just broke. Here you go. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the red car. Yeah, man, what's happening? That's when I won back in 2009. He's been doing this for a hot minute. Everybody thinks that it's just been since the Donald Long, you know, drag radial days that you've been stirring up the pot in drag. Hey, I want to I say something real quick. What, you're, what your team is doing this weekend is not lost on myself or anybody at Drag Illustrated. And this is so important. And we've seen this before, but we need to see more of it. Keith Haney and company are towing 1,400 miles across the country from Oklahoma to Cecil County, Cecil County Maryland to support Jim Halsey and the YellowBullet.com Nationals. And I just think that that is badass man and I, I i tip my hat to you you came down you supported us at the world series of pro mod i saw you go down to galen and clyde's race a few months ago at xrp right down the road from me extreme raceway park in ferris texas your willingness to go support other sanctions and series is not lost on me that is not something that is uh, commonplace in the sport of drag racing we need more of it so i just want here in front of God and the entire world for you to understand that no matter what anybody says about Keith and uh, your big boisterous personality, blah, 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 whatever, you put your money where your mouth is. You support the sport of drag racing. You make hard decisions to support the sport of drag racing. And I appreciate it, buddy. So thank you for doing that because the Midwest is better for it. And your willingness not to be intimidated by these other events or like put up walls. It's impressive, man. And thank you for that. Well, I think more than anything is being able to go support another series. I mean, I don't, I would like to go to a PDRA race. I think I even said that once before, but if I, uh, if I had the time to be able to go to a PDRA race, I would. I've been to NHRA. I've been to PDRA. You've been to PDRA. Uh, NMCA, I went there a couple times, but this one's pretty special. I've been wanting to go for the last probably eight years and I've not really had a car that, quote unquote, could compete with some of those guys on the East Coast. But 
now I'm in a different atmosphere and um, my car's running really well. And I believe I can go up there on the East Coast. You know, if you, if you take a look at the times that I'm running over on the Midwest, everybody thinks, well, Midwest is slow and the East Coast is fast. You're exactly right. And the only reason for that is uh, barometers, um, where you at sea level, all these things come into factor. And a lot of people out in the drag racing world or not drag racing world, but um, the public doesn't know the difference in just the atmosphere, which changes everything when it comes to drag racing. And in the Midwest, it's way harder to run than the East Coast. I'll say that sitting here right now. I'm going to go up there. I believe my 65 pass that I did against uh, Jim Whiteley, which didn't win, but um, uh, I believe that 65 pass might have been a 62 61, somewhere in that area, in good air in the East Coast with the barometer and everything. So um, Jim Halsey's having a, and I are having a little bit of fun right now. We both got the same tuner, but I know my tuner is going to give me everything it has. And if I line up next to Jim and E1, E2, or Q1, Q2, whatever it may be, I know that he's going to give me the race car to, to beat the guy in the other lane. And he's going to do the same thing for the other guy. So it's just who's better on the tree I think is going to happen then. Do you think that, so you've been 362, like people don't realize that like, and I'm going to actually like choke you next time I see you. Anybody who says that mid 360s in the eighth mile are slow needs their head examined. Like, because we've got to be like, a, we have become massively desensitized to how fast these cars are. Like, I mean, because let's not. I mean, I think we were doing a disservice to everything that happened in Tulsa a couple weeks ago. I mean, you got a slew of really, really fast cars that run as part of the Midwest Drag Racing Series. And that's more, it's just proximity to home, right? Yeah. I mean, Pro and Modified you know, is kind of built on the back of people that own businesses, run companies, they're they're working men and women. And, and it's hard to tow across the country to Vegas or tow across the country to Charlotte or whatever. So what you've done with Midwest Drag Racing Series is provide a home to a whole slew of racers that wouldn't have had one. If right? you take a look at the cost of traveling right now, if you look at the cost of traveling right now, it's expensive. I can promise you right now, um, I can give you a roundabout figure what it's going to cost to go to Maryland by the time you pay your tuners, you do the hotel, you do the trip, you do everything. It's close to 20 grand. Um, and I don't mind the public knowing it, you know, at the end of the day, we're not doing this for a living. We're doing this because we enjoy the sport and we enjoy, I enjoy the sport. I want to show that, you know, I went down to, I went down for the, you know, uh, Galen and, Clyde Scott moved their race, their pro extreme, their pro extreme race off of our throwdown weekend because we had a double coming up and I made a commitment that I would go down to his racetrack and I would run his. Well, I did so, went number one against their pro extreme field, went number one and went to the finals and lost to a nitrous car. Um, everybody knows who Doug Reister is when you're weighing 150 pounds lighter than me. <laughs> uh, so... And I ran at Midwest Rules, and we went 62 there. Air was good. Track was good. Everything was good. So, But I think being able to go to Maryland, I've always wanted to run Yellow Bullet. It's It's got that little mining them. The guys do that good job. It, I've been to U.S. Streetcar Nationals. I've been to the uh, Snowbird. Uh, probably the best thing, I don't know if you've seen it, and if the public's seen it out there or race fans have seen it out there. Um, uh, World Series of Pro Mod still on the top of my race car. 
I'm going to run that all year for the reason for that is, is at the end of the day, the best of the best want to show up and race against each other. I didn't show up that weekend, had my instances. I can give excuses just like everybody else does. I didn't show up and show out. Simple as that. You know, uh, next time I show up, if I'm invited, next time I show up, I'm going to show up and show out. Um, and we worked on our program this year to, to make it better. Now, uh, with Midwest, I, there's nothing that I love more in the Midwest other than some of the things that I have to deal with on a daily basis. You do it when you're doing the World Series of Pro Mod or Jim doing it when he's doing Yellow Bullet or Donald's doing it when he's doing his races. When you have to make a rule change, it's always the guy that owns it. Frankie, you know, uh, Tommy Franklin, the same thing with him. When there's a rule change made, it's the Tommy rule. It's the Keith rule. And, and people don't know that a lot of these rules, I'm not doing any of the rules in Midwest. I'm going to give you a little bit of fun because everybody can pick on me if they want, but everybody's saying the rules are being changed for nitrous. No, it's being changed for parity. Parity at the end of the day is all that matters when it comes to drag racing. Those people who think the pro extreme world is still is coming back. I'm telling you, unless you are funding it 100%, it ain't never coming back. And the reason for that is we have seen that we had this dream. Wes, you can remember this. 2018, when I started Midwest, you said, what if we could run the same rules across the country? You remember that conversation? Yeah. I remember it's, you it's said, still what if we could do that? I said, one day, my goal is to have this, all the classes run together. And if you look at it, things have developed from that moment that you and I talked, which there was nothing out there for that. It developed into NMCA running the same rule package. PDRA running some close. You have to change it due to barometer. People don't right. understand that. Barometer and uh, altitude and stuff. You have to change the rules based off uh, combos because one combo may run fast, faster at that barometer than the other combo. So you have to keep it close together. But, you know, right now there was a rule change in Midwest and getting beat up all over the place. That's fine. Um, I'm number two in the points. I was number one when I went to the last race. I'm number two now. So, and number three is right behind me. Number four is right behind me. And number one. How much do you think that, uh, to be honest, I feel like, and we should throw Mike back in this conversation because I remember one of the most, Mike may not want me to bring this up, but he penned an article that was published on competitionplus.com like a hundred years ago. And it was like, uh, on behalf of all the nitrous racers in the world, kind of to the IHRA masses because the the high helix like the the roots blown hemi deal was running away with IHRA pro modified and all these nitrous racers his father and Mike's team included Charles Carpenter uh were kind of being left in the in the dust you know what I mean like it was and I, I think that the conversation has to include pro modified isn't pro modified without nitrous cars and there is a there is a point of diminishing returns, right? Like I don't know that it's it, could we speed everything up and have everybody running way down in the fifty? Maybe, but I don't think that improves the situation. Like the magic of Pro Modified and what makes it so special is that you can kind of get in where you fit in. You can do what you want to do. You can be your own guy. Right. You can run nitrous, you can run turbo, you can run screw blower, you can run roots blower, you can run a centrifugal supercharger. There's a lot of different ways to skin the pro modified cat. And I think that's the magic. And I, I think whatever any sanctioning body has to do in order to keep nitrous cars competitive. And this isn't a knock at nitrous cars. It's just like physics. Is it not, Keith? 
It right? is. There's just some certain limitations. I mean, take a look. You're going to have a nitrous car for the first. I mean, NHRA didn't have very many nitrous cars. I don't think really at like all. None. One, uh, I think. And, and Ricky is going there, and he's going to run nitrous at the uh, at Indy. Um, also, if you take a look at turbos, turbos didn't have a place to run until Midwest decides to make a rule change that allows a turbo to be able to have an opportunity to win. And I believe Mark Mickey proved that when we lowered, a lot of people don't realize these rules have changed. So weight combos got lowered at the beginning of the year to help individual combos. So in each, like the turbos got 150 pounds off starting off the year. Okay. Now they just got 50 pounds or 75 pounds. Woo wee. <laughs> I mean, Mark Mickey was the first one to say, change the rules because it needs to be because he's a true love of the love of the sport. He cares about it. you. Take a look at the 75 over combo, the 75 over combo got a rule deduction at the beginning of the year. People forget all these things. Everybody sees, okay, well, I can go take that combo and I can make it do this, right? But when it starts out running the class where your regular racers that come and support you over and over again, if they keep getting beat up by the King Kong, they ain't coming back. They're going to go park their cars. They're going to go get on their boat. They're going to go do something else because they don't feel like they have a chance to come and show up and win. That I want each combo, like I told Lonnie Grimm, who writes the rules for Midwest Drag Racing Series. I think he even helps with you. I'm not really for sure on that. Yeah, he 100% but, does. But but he cares about the sport. So we're sending him, people don't realize all this, we're sending them scale sheets that Jeff Holloway does during the race. We're sending them um, complete, full, round-by-round round runs. And he takes a look at those combos. I got a little bill right here. And, and I printed this for you to kind of talk about it. If you take a look at Mark Mickey's black split on the, on his on his run, he's one on just about every one of his runs. His back splits pretty much going to stay the same no matter what happens. So he a turbo car has got to make it from the sixty foot to the three thirty. After that, their back splits the same. He went one fourteen five almost every single pass. You take a look at Tanner Tanner and a screw went one twenty point seven zero. Back split pass when those two guys raced each other. Okay. What did, he, what did Tanner do? 120. Tanner, Tanner went 120.7. Okay. Okay. Now that is a screw blown 92 over combo. Mark Mickey was a tur twin turbo um, 98, 98. 98 yeah. turbos. Okay. He went 114.5. He said it's going to do that every pass. If you take a look at Tanner's and the 92 over, they made an exceptional run against Mark Mickey that, that round. And they were they were slow. I mean, they, they they have to make it up in the 60 and the 330. So they needed to pick it up a little bit there. You take a look at uh, the 75 over back split, went, which shouldn't have went 119.1. A back split on a screw 75 over went 119.1. A nitrous car, which was mine, went 119.7. Well, me and Whiteley ran that last pass. So I just put some numbers together that, that they go off of, Back splits, this, that. You know the back split's pretty much going to be like me. I might, I might run a 118. And, and we're talking about this is in particular air that was not good. You go put them in good air, their back splits really change. So, and, including mine. All the, all the combos change. And the back splits pretty much stay the same. So, it's all in the first 60. So, your lighter, your lighter cars are going to run faster, quick, quicker 60 foot. 
your heavy car is going to run slower 60 foot, which then creates parity and slows slows an individual combo up to be able to run with the rest of the combo. So I'm just giving some physics uh, that that that. So like 118 with is like a an average back split in the mid. And so you got uh, most. If Mickey you go look at PDRA, you go look at PDRA yeah. nitrous combo, and most of them are going to be 119, 118, eight. You know, somewhere in that back split, you could pretty much look at every one of them and know that, okay, this is where they're going to be. So weight is everything. See, each combo's got their weight, and which slows the combo down early because you know their back number is going to stay the same. Now, if they lean on it really hard, they're going to blow it up, which, you know, that's what not what racers want to do. Think about how much it costs. I just told you what it costs to go to a race. Why do we want to go blow up our stuff? Any combo. I don't care what combo it is. 92, 75, 116. Um, turbo, screw, centrifugals, I don't care. Blowing them up is not is worth not the, answer. the reward. Do you, what, what do you take, and I, I want to get Mike back in this conversation because we threw him on the screen to talk about rules and then JT take him off the screen. I don't know if there's some sort of background politics going on. Is somebody mad at somebody, Mike? Is JT no. mad at you? No. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We get, we, so, he, he and I get going on the same buttons all the time. <laughs> no, but what do you make of this whole situation? I mean, do you agree? I mean, as a diehard nitrous guy, I think you would agree that they need to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited about having Ricky at Indy, and I'm, I'm curious to see what he runs. When he showed up uh, every time this year, I think the last time was Charlotte. Uh, yeah. I think he was a low uh, and and got a, another rule change put on him. So it's it's definitely a tough deal. I was really proud of our rules uh, at World Series of Pro Mod and what we were able to put together. I know Keith probably wasn't all that thrilled with them himself, but it, it, but that, again, hey, it goes, race, hey, I finally had somewhere I could bitch about rules. Okay, right. so it but was, it, it I, does go. Wes was like, "I'm not answering his phone call." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm mad mother. I was, it, oh, but oh. but it actually does go to what you're saying. It it does change throughout different parts of the country, and so I think. What works? Everyone likes to point to your combination and your rules uh, and your weight at Midwest, especially for the nitrous car, as being an outlier. But if you look at the racing and look at the numbers you just put up and the uh, competitiveness of that series, it works. But if you take that somewhere else, it may not work. So you do have to adjust for where you're running. Like you said, barometer conditions. And that was our biggest factor going into World Series of Pro Mod was all right, we've got this rule set that we think is going to be awesome as long as the weather is what it should be. If it's crazy hot, crazy cold, then we were going to be off. So there's so many variables that go into that. And you, I think it takes the effort to continually change them and refine them. Now, I know Lonnie and the guys at NHRA really taking that to heart this year in NHRA <laughs> Pro Mod, but you do have to stay on top of it. And, and back to what Wes was saying about the article way back when, that's what IHRA failed to do in a lot of ways. And I think there was some politics, uh, you know, beyond our pay grade as to why that was going on. But what, what really killed IHRA pro mod, which was the hottest thing going at that time and opened a door for ADRL and for other series. And then subsequently PDRA, your series is the fact that they did not keep up with the rules and just allowed one combination to become so dominant that, you lost that diversity. You lost the different combinations and it, and it opened up, Hey, we should split this deal up. We should go eighth mile racing. Look at what these guys are doing on these outlaws series. We should do something like that. Whereas before they really had the market cornered and kind of opened up that door. 
So what we've seen it go both ways. I don't really know which way is, is the best. Do you or do you get any pressure, Keith, to split the classes into like nitrous cars and boosted in nitrous? I mean, I know you don't have a ton of nitrous cars, but I'm just curious. Do you? Well, we hear had that? five at the last right. We had yeah. five turbos, five no, nitrous cars, yeah. um, and the rest were screws um, and approach a, a couple of pro chargers. So, um, you know, I get a lot of pressure. Um, I don't know how to politically say it, but. I'm never going to take a sponsorship dollar or, 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 or I'm never going to let money control a rule. Just because you have it makes no difference to me. Um, I don't play favoritism over sponsorships and things like that. Right. So, so uh, I'm not easily, I'm not easily moved because again, this is a Midwest is all about the racetracks. You know how the how ours works out, where the racetrack gets a hundred percent of everything. We get no gate, we get no nothing. I mean, we're just marketing. People. Uh, Midwest is just a marketing partner for all their partners. That's it. So, um, so we live off of our pay is our pay, not our pay. I get no paycheck, but the the staff gets paid from sponsors, and then everything goes to the racetrack, and we even pay when we show up. But um, I'm never going to let somebody, you know, hey, you know, I'll give you some extra money, change the rule. Not, never going to happen. Never going to happen. And we, I think there's a lot of magic that happens from, because I understand the argument, like, because Pat Musi is a dear friend of ours, and, and uh, I know that he hates the notion of racing against turbo cars or blower cars. He wants to race against light combinations, and, and I totally respect that. But I mean, look at no prep kings. Like, look at the the stuff that moves the needle. It's all these different what the nitrous combination and the blower combination and the turbo combination. What that gives you is is different flags to wave. You know what I mean? It's How about it's, this. It's, it's, it's a simple. different place to race. So guess what? I can not change my combo, and I'm going to yellow blue. I'm not changing my combo now. I may be putting on 25 pounds. Okay, but not making That's, hard part changes. But I'm not having to change my combo to go support another organization or race. Um, PDRA, I would have to put um, SNP. I think they got away 24, 25, if I'm not mistaken. So I'd have to put 75 pounds to go run over there, which is fine. You know, the barometer in the air and everything. Like I told you, you can add that weight. I'm still going to run the ETs with them guys. Because the, the altitude and all the barometer and all that stuff makes it where I can. So I'd like to have my weight with no barometer and just see what it does. Like I tried to get you to do at World Series Pro Ob, but you didn't let me do it. No oh, I know. Doing. Trust me. All the, It's so funny. Like I was arguing with nitrous guys about like it was the funniest thing ever because they all wanted it. All y'all wanted something different. It wasn't like oh, the yeah, nitrous yeah. guys were banding together. Yeah, nobody to says that we can. Nobody says that thing. we can. Nobody said you can get a car at 2,350 pounds. And yeah. I it's, think I've proven it, that dude, it's, it's totally hard. Let me ask you this. And Keith, thank you for being a part of this yeah. and uh, coming on here and being as candid as you always are. We're, we're super happy for all you've accomplished with the Midwest Drag Racing Series, and we're excited to see what happens next for you guys. But I'm curious, what happens when you put that Black Mamba in the beams alongside Daddy Shark? I mean, do you, you feel good about that matchup? Match I mean, I think Jim Halsey is considered 
amongst the best pro mod racers of all time. You ready for uh, this? I think he's probably top five. Mike, top five? I'd say, yep. At this okay. Point. I, I, you know what? I've never had a car that I have right now to compete with anyone. When we and Jay ran, when me and uh, Harris ran, all these guys that were nitrous guys that I ran before, I had some, I had some slow mods, is what I called them. <laughs> and I and I had the mouth, but I didn't have the car to back it up. Today I have the mouth and the car. And lining up next to Jim Halsey is something that is a. He's my friend, but it's also I've never raced him. Never, but I want to. There's some people in, in PDRA I've never raced, but I want to because I know when I line up next to them, I got just as much chance as they do, if not more. Um, so you've never raced against Jim Halsey? Never had a, never. a pass against Jim Halsey, period. Not even, not even a test pass next to each other. I, this that's is pretty gonna crazy. Be awesome. I didn't if, they realize us, that. if they line us up together, it's going to be a race like me and Stevie. I don't know if y'all remember Stevie and <laughs> yes, I, we, remember. we were running yeah. 390s thinking we were fast, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine me and Stevie today when I actually have a car that my mouth can back up, kind of like when I went to Donald Long's race and showed up went number one the very first night, never been on a radio tire before. So I don't know if you remember that. I do remember it. You won't let me forget it. I try to forget it. I've tried to forget it like 10 times. It'll be two o'clock in the morning. Ring, ring, ring. It's Keith Haney. Hey, you remember that time we were in Valdosta and I showed up with the Black Mamba and unloaded? No, Enigma. It was Enigma. It was Enigma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enigma. Who came up with that? Just you know, it's a it's a sign of power. If you look at the K the K and logo, everything it seems and awkward. It, and it's a it's a sign of power. If go I like Black it. Mamba better. Black Mamba way better. Do you have some kind of don't uh, get in a helicopter? Do you have like subliminal messaging in your logos and stuff? Yeah. I mean, is that what we should? <laughs> Do you not remember looking? the Notorious car? Oh yeah, Notorious Big. That's where that one come from. Everybody wouldn't know me for liking that. I'll have to look close at your wrap. You might have some like uh, Easter eggs there in, in that wrap in that black mom. <laughs> probably rap. does. It's like probably. Hey, I can tell you right now. If you put, I don't know if you've seen the memes out there. I know it's Shark Week, and the black <laughs> mama's hungry. So that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Keith, I hope you go out there and hold it down for all the boys, uh, all of us in the Midwest, man. Uh, thanks for all you do for the sport of drag racing. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your candor as always. And we will uh, let, let's let's catch up. Let, you know what? I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's come back and, and report in how things went next Wednesday. Absolutely. We'll do that with the World Series of Pro Mod right at the top of my car in the winter circle. Sounds like a plan, brother. <laughs> Appreciate you, Keith. See you guys. Thanks, Hello. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, I want to remind everybody uh, that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market, and they've been doing it since 1979. Whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle, or your lawnmower, when you think of lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. We are... We're off to the races, guys. I, I think we got some good stuff out of Haney there. I think he's actually, he's he's a really pretty good interview. And he's he's talkative and he'll play the part. He'll play along. He'll he'll give you some some stuff to 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 riff on. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, interesting. I, I wish we could have got Jim on here um, because it's going to be interesting to see what happens 
like what Keith was saying, when he goes to the East Coast, goes to a track with that Halsey, you know, obviously he's making laps on weekly, uh, knows like the back of his hand. That's going to be a challenge for sure. Plus, it's supposed to be really hot. I actually just saw that they changed the schedule. I think they did away with one of their testing sessions or one of their testing days and moved the whole thing up so it finishes Saturday night, I believe, instead of Sunday, I think, because that's when it's supposed to be JT's head's nodding. I like it. I like it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be hot there. I don't know what kind of barometer Haney's gonna get, but I mean that's 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 Haney's new nickname, Mister Barometer. The barometer. He said barometer like seventy four times. Him and I, but he's not wrong because we've talked about that a lot. How he feels. We'll get on the phone late at night one night, and he'll talk about how he just feels a little bit hamstrung by the fact that they race in the summer in the Midwest and, you know, having relocated from Northeast Missouri to Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, it's different. You know what I mean? Like a hundred degrees in Kirksville, Missouri is way different than a hundred degrees in Fort Worth, Texas. And you can't totally discount that. And I I tell you, man, he's got a car that's been low three sixties. I'm not, I don't think you can count him out. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I don't know that we've maybe we've seen him in some high pressure pressure situations and he's delivered, you know, I mean, he's been in some of those big match races or those big grudge races down at Ducks race and and he's shown up and, you know, can he show up against arguably one of the best to ever do it in Jim Halsey, the guy who's got freaking ice water rolling through his veins? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. And Regardless, love- the best part of it has been the banter. Back and forth, yeah. which, which yeah. Halsey, we joked about Kevin Halsey on here. We had a little segment kind of written up uh, for questions. I said, <laughs> we're only going to need about five <laughs> minutes with Halsey, Max, because this, this guy doesn't have much to say, but he does on the track and, and quite a bit to say on social media as well. And he's really been keeping it going with Haney and Haney's been barking back at him. And that's been pretty good. We, we don't see a lot of that. We don't see enough of it. Really. We've, we've had we the Jay Cox more of it. deal and, and Stevie really, really it's usually Stevie versus whoever he's, he's barking yeah. at or at Lyle Barnett versus yeah. whomever. Yeah. And I, I wish sometimes that folks would realize that there's like a, this isn't rocket science. I mean, these are some guys that are kind of putting themselves out there. Keith, Keith's a great example. Keith does it all the, the time. Like, yeah, like he does Keith it all the time. And, and he doesn't, he example. won't. And he, you know, he, yes, it will be a big pressure, pressure deal going into this, but he's pretty used to it. And it's never seemed to bother him at all. You know, going into those things, even getting like ripped to shreds by right, someone on, on the internet, never seems to bother him that much. Nope. And I think that, Keith deserves some credit for that because he waded into that whole situation with Donald Long way back when. And having the confidence and like the self-belief to like get made fun of and get called names. And I, I don't think people give enough credit to that. We need more of it in the sport. But the reason we don't see more of it is because people are afraid of the repercussions. Yeah. Right? Like- they don't want to put themselves out there and then go red light or go you know, not qualify or whatever, but Keith's going to say whatever Keith's going to say and live with the consequences. He's been saying it since before he had a competitive car. Is he even said that just now? And and now that he does, he's not afraid to do it. It, it, To me, it reminds me of what we say about everybody, how they're like, they, well, you know, I know I need to just do social media. I know I need to promote myself, but I'm going to wait till I win a championship first. And then I'm going to start letting everybody know about what I'm doing. Yeah. No, man, you got to start, you got to show the struggle. You got to start, letting people know and building your brand, as we like to say, before that happens. 
you can't wait until you get the success because a lot of times you won't ever get there without that as a stepping stone. So, you know, yeah. And you, I think sometimes it's more helpful to put that a little bit of pressure on yourself. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, we've gotten ourselves stirred up in some controversy here lately with me running my mouth the way Have that we? I do. Biggest. Yeah, I know. Right. Biggest, richest, blah, blah, blah. All those things. Oh, what else no, am I supposed to say? Don't right? say like that. I've got to have that level of belief. Right. I've got to have that level of belief. I've, I've never seen Indy refer you know? to as the biggest drag race on the planet more than I have the last uh, week. You know, that's kind of the their their new slogan as a result of things we're saying about the pro superstar shootout. But I just yeah, think pr that it's pr promoter important. for anything isn't going to go out and like well, <laughs> talk we're it down a little make, bit. We're well, you hoping know to we're make a dent. Pretty you know? darn good time over at this pretty mediocre deal that we're going to put on. We're and, not as you know, big as anything be, else that's yeah, going on, yeah. you know, I mean, but we're Jesus trying Christ. golly gee willikers, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not what you're going to do. We're out here and I'm here for it. Like I'm here, I'll face the music, right? Like if we drop the ball, whatever, I'll, I'll live with it. It is what it is, but that's how you get, that's how these things happen. And again, like there's nobody else in the sport of drag racing that has you, you know, my name on their window. Right. Keith Haney does. And he's prepared to live with the consequences like he's prepared to be embarrassed if he DNQs or doesn't have whatever he's prepared. To, I mean, he he talked about it with the World Series of Pro Mod. I, he most certainly has a car that should have been in that field. They got a couple of runs behind and, and that's all it took to never be able to catch up. Right. I mean, you've got the best teams in the world there. They got a couple runs behind and they couldn't catch up. Melanie Salemi ran low ET of the whole event, the World Series of Pro Mod in the. In the second chance race, I mean, the, the non-qualifiers could win anywhere they chose to go, but I think it's incredible that Keith's willing to come on here in front of God and the whole world and whatever else and basically say, hey, we, we, we missed it that weekend, but we lived to race again, and I'm going to be just as confident the next time I unload this thing as I was that weekend. We I need more of that in the sport yep, of drag racing, really not like less. Yep. You know, so anyways, guys, uh, we got our next guest in the green room right now. I've known this young man since 07, if I, I think 2007, I believe our pass first crossed at Montgomery uh, Raceway Park uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. I can't I believe we were at Montgomery. It was beat the heat under the lights at an Orska race, if I if I remember correctly, and our paths cross, and I meet this young man that is launching DragCoverage.com, um, a very well-to-do drag racing news and uh, entertainment website. He has gone on to launch his own career, uh, race very successfully, and most recently, uh, put on his own races with the DragCoverage.com Night of Fire in Steel, Alabama. Uh, monumentally successful event over the weekend, 200 plus cars, capacity crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the one, the only dear friend of ours here at Drag Illustrated, dear friend of mine, the one, the only TJ Pruitt. What's up, TJ? <laughs> How's it going? What's up, What's my up, man? TJ? <laughs> We're doing good, man. The polo looks good, except for you're about yep. to blow them sleeves apart. I was going to say that. You said uh, Halsey has ice running down his veins. I thought I was the only person with ice running down my veins. <laughs> oh, yeah, you need yeah, to tell don't, him. Don't, hey, don't be showing together. that off, man. Don't, I'm, I'm really proud of you. When <laughs> I met up. TJ, he was a little, little thin, skinny guy, and I got him on a workout plan, and I'm just really happy to see him you know, following through. Mike, it really worked. I love how when I, I, love, I, love how when I flexed, the screen went – 
and you guys like disappeared. <laughs> Every time I see him, I'm, is this guy's bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, hey, man, I was, at some point. this is the most awkward thing I'm about to say out loud. I was showing my wife pictures of this guy over lunch. <laughs> Just, I said, you don't understand. He's built like a Greek god. It's unbelievable, man. So uh, are you on straight horse meat at this point? <laughs> Yeah, I tell you what, Luke Bogacki had, you know, he gives us awards at the end of the year. And it was like, best looking racer of the year goes to TJ Pruitt. <laughs> He's like, I hope my wife doesn't kill me for saying that. But uh, he deserved it, buddy. I was like, I'm he honored. It. So when did God, you put on the first uh, drag coverage dot com uh, fire uh, night of fire? When did when because it started in Montgomery, right? Well, actually, it started in Mobile, Alabama. OK, so Mobile. that's kind of where I started drag coverage. So let me kind of step back a little bit. So my my whole idea of starting drag coverage was to give the small guy, the local guy, some national recognition. I think it's cool that we see John Force, those guys, John Force. You know, you're talking about Haney. We see these guys on TV all the time, but you never hear about the local guys. Your Kenny Scotts, your Edmund Halls, your Rick Roberts, your Doug Roberts. It's on a local. I wanted a platform big to give these guys or at least make them feel like they're getting national coverage as if they were in national dragster or drag illustrated so that's how i started drag coverage and i had the same idea with putting racings on you know bracket cars we race in front of what one or two spectators i thought how cool will it be if a bracket car a pro mod any local racer were to stage and you look down the racetrack and there are fans, grandstands from the water box past the finish line. And I think we've uh, we've managed to accomplish that. But it started in around Atmore Dragway Mobile. Uh, we kind of got, got, got big and we decided to move to Steele, Alabama, where Jason Collins asked me to come on board and do the Night of Fire there. We've been doing it about six or seven years ago. So, uh, yeah, major success. Man, it's a cool thing to see. Jason Collins is uh... – He's all time, right? I mean, he's a guy that like does it for all the right reasons. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Steel, Alabama, and I was there crewing for Shannon Jenkins. I was we were testing his car, and it was my uh, I got an opportunity to crew for Shannon, the Iceman, who's a, anybody who watches this show regularly knows that he's my hero. Uh, still to this day, there's no drag racer that I hold in higher regard than Shannon Jenkins. But, anyways, by the way, he was at Night of Fire. He's a he's a man amongst boys. Oh let's God, be yeah. honest, man. I mean, it's just to, he's the coolest guy. Him and Don Prudhomme have this like coolness in a bottle yeah. that's hard to really quantify. Yeah. But anyways, man, uh, it, it's crazy to see all that you've accomplished. And we're so proud of you, man. What So for us here at Drag Illustrated, and this is we've been talking about this more because we kind of we did our World Series of Promont in Denver in 17, 18, and 19, but we kind of took a break from putting on our own events until recently uh, and kind of burst back onto the scene. But for us personally, we always wanted to do races. Like, that was always part of the plan, but we knew we needed to build up our coverage platform before we did that because we didn't want to be beholden to other media outlets that we had no control over right to promote our events i feel like you've done something very similar like you built your own following you built your own platform on primarily on social media right like i know you obviously have dragcoverage.com you have a really strong social following was that kind of the same mentality tj absolutely it's funny you say that that's exactly how i built up the races i wanted to build this platform drag coverage Wanted to be big enough so I could promote my own races, 
use that platform to build a brand. I know earlier with Keith Haney, you talked about brand. I think yeah. brand is like so important when it comes to drag racing. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real, Wes. People come to races. Yeah, they come to win. They come to win money. I mean, of course, we all want to win money. Right. But it's about that recognition about winning that brand. I won the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod. How does that sound? And the way you build it up, all those things, I've been taking some notes here, all those things you talked about with Haney, building the brand, the banter, all of that stuff plays into that. But yeah, to answer your question, that's basically what I do. I use the brand to promote the races. A lot of times I, I kind of, I, I refer to it a lot of times as like a concert or artist. What does an artist do? They build their brand, they get big. Taylor Swift, by the way, I'm a Swifty. Same. Don't record that. Oh, what? You, what's your oh, favorite? Bro, dude, don't. Are even, you really a Swifty? You... Oh, dude, I'm wearing a fucking friendship bracelet. <laughs> what are we oh, talking yeah. about, dude? I'm Swifty, I'm, hey, listen, me and Taylor, she don't text me back no more, but we're still close, you know? No. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. I went to the concert. I, I, I quit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are taking, hey, send me your application and all that. Okay. Can, yeah, I, have yeah. him? Can I have him, PJ, by the way? We work PJ, for PJ, PJ. You're going to yeah. move to Get Alabama. Rid of JT and we're getting TJ. Hey, yeah, but yeah. you got to be willing to pump some iron now because I left yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Damn, I'm in. That, well, there goes my opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> my trainer himself. He's, he's quitting on it. <laughs> but it, I, I refer to it like an artist. An artist builds their brand first and they go and promote these concerts and they pack the stands, they pack, pack the grandstands with their brand. I kind of see it the same thing like you did with Drag Illustrated and with Drag Coverage. Build the Drag Coverage brand, make it something big. And then everyone looks forward to it. Everyone in this Southeast looks forward to the drag coverage night of fire. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that, DJ. I I feel like you kind of got that area covered. I mean, you got the Southeast, like here in North Carolina, where where I'm at. But down, that's a different area down there, Alabama, uh, that deep South area. And that seems to be where you've got that foothold. And you've really got all the, obviously your vent down there and your, your, your base comes from there. Do you feel like that? It's important to have the independent regional promoter that kind of takes care of each uh, section of the country. That's a good question. I really do think it is. I mean, you got Keith, Midwest Pro Mountain yeah. Series. Yeah. Big on that again. I mean, Carolinas, I'm going to be honest with you. One of my favorite Pro Mountain Series, the Big Dog Shootout. Is it the Big Dog Shootout at Piedmont? Yeah. You got to admit, that's one of the coolest Pro Mod series I've ever. On a Friday, who's Pro Mod racing on a Friday night? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, I mean, what? I'm telling you, dog. Oh, dude, Thursday yeah. night. Like, and <laughs> you I agree. Friday morning. Friday morning sometimes. Yeah, Friday morning. <laughs> but, but what's the shame? And I think sometimes this is a valuable conversation because there's a there's a lot going on in the drag racing world, right? Like trying to put a blanket over this whole space is hard. But what you've done is you've developed your own niche like you've got your lane and you've got this group of people that look to you and and we need more of that in our sport not less in that you're you nail the example with Piedmont because they've got they've built this over the course of three plus decades where people just that's the difference maker in that part of the country that event stands high, stands tall, in my opinion, amongst everything else that's going on out there. And there's a ton of badass drag racing going on in the Carolinas. But I mean, it's it, it's important to have, to Mike's point, like someone, and right now it's Rick Moore in the group at Piedmont Dragway, but they've just wrapped their arms around this particular group of people 
very much the same way that you, TJ Pruitt, have wrapped your arms around, and you got big arms. You've wrapped your arms around this group of people, the Southeast, the Deep South drag racing contingent. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I, I was feeling pretty good when I came to work today. You know what I mean? <laughs> not now. I do not. I no longer feel like I'm in decent shape. But, I mean, I, I think you deserve some kudos for that, man, I mean, because I know the grind that it is. I know the time that it takes. And to, to have created that opportunity for racers to feel like rock stars, because that's what it's all about, making yeah. men and women that spend their weekend at the drag strips feel good about this choice they've made, Right. Because they could do a hundred thousand other things. Like Keith said, they could go bass fishing. They could go to their kid's soccer tournament. There's so many other things they could do. But the fact that they choose to invest themselves, their money, their time, their energy in drag racing, they need to feel good about it. And that's what you've kind of got. That's what you've accomplished with the drag coverage night of fire is you made these people feel good about making this decision. And Wes, and the success of that event is because of the fans, you know that, and the racers. Because you're right, they can go anywhere. The index, the heat index was 100. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm sitting there on Thursday. I get there on Tuesday night, and I'm saying this is going to be a disaster. If I could just <laughs> get them to pay the purses, I will be happy because there is – I said, I'm not going to show up at 106-degree you know, heat index. <laughs> and come rolling out on Friday, I look up Friday. On Friday, Thursday night, 30 cars in there. And on Friday night, I look up. The pits are slammed packed. There's nowhere to park on Friday night. And we wake up on Saturday morning. Remind you, 106 degree weather. Yeah. Wake up on Saturday morning. I posted a video today. The line is from the gate all the way to the interstate. 30 minutes before the gate opened. But it's like you say, they choose. They can go anywhere. They can go anywhere they want. And to be honest with you, I f honestly feel like they follow it because the brand and treating people right. So I think it's going to be important as we, we all work to uh, keep drag racing alive. It's going to be important to take care of the racers and make them feel important, make them feel like badasses. I had so many people come up to me and they said, you have no idea how it feels to race in front of a crowd. It feels better than racing for 10 grand. You know, it, it, there's no feeling yeah. like it. So they felt like badasses. They were doing the long smoky burnouts had uh, Tim Seegers in the Batmobile. Have you seen that car? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah man. Joker, Mike, he's Mike, up there yeah, before absolutely. they wave. He's like, they're both staged. They're like, Joker. It is the, by the way, he won Best Appearing. We give away a Best Appearing award, which to me is simple, but man, everybody's spending hours cleaning their car. But yeah, it's about the brand, making them feel important, but not only making them feel important, but being on a platform and being able to say, you know what? I went on the Drag Illustrated show to talk about not, how good I did, how good we did as a team. When I mean by a team, promoter, racers, fans, staff, it takes literally everyone. You couldn't, I mean, I don't know that you could say it any better, TJ. And I don't know that, like, I'm so, I feel so, if we don't do anything this week, if I just turn the lights off later today and don't do anything to give you a platform and shine a light on what TJ Pruitt drag coverage. And like you said, that team is doing, we're doing our, we, we, I feel good about that is what I'm trying to say, because yeah. this sport is so 
lucky. Like we, this sport in many ways, it, it succeeds in spite of itself. I mean, it's, you're talking about impossibly difficult sport to begin with. I mean, no matter what you're racing, if you're racing a junior dragster, if you're racing top sportsman, top dragster, local index racing, pro mod, shit is hard, right? right? In the heat, Not only like TJ it, just said. In, in the, the heat, heat it's 106 degrees. Right. Um, and then to spend all the money that it takes, right? I saw a post on social media the other day that for whatever reason just really resonated with me. And it was somebody, it was, I think a streetcar guy just asking his friend base, what do you guys like, what's it take to get from your driveway to the racetrack? And all these people were talking about like, well, you know, I typically race at Jerkwater Dragway and it takes me four hours to get there. So it's like 800 bucks in fuel there and back. And I got to fill 10 nitrous bottles and I needed to set a slicks. And people were like throwing out these numbers that were like thousands and thousands and tens of thousands. And I thought to myself, there is nothing like drag racing. And the fact that we have so many people that are willing to do this with a smile on their face, towing across the country to do it, to it, like can't wait to spend this money. It's special. And to have someone like you that's creating that opportunity in, uh, you know, Alec, wherever in the Southeast region where people feel really good about making that decision, w- we just need more of that. And we need to like pat you on the back and encourage you because Thank you. what you're doing is keep this is how we keep the sport of drag racing alive is by making people feel good about their decision to go drag racing because that's i think that's what's lost like at the highest levels of our sport i can't count the number of and i'm not trying to like throw anybody under the bus here but i've been to i've been this is all i've ever done and i and i think that it's important to like preface this comment with that like I've never been involved in stick and ball sports. I've never been involved in anything else. Drag, drag racing is all I've ever done since I was fucking born. This is all I've ever done. And I can't count the number of times that I've talked to racers at big events that just don't feel appreciated. Oh. It, they don't want to win. They know their shit's slow. They know <laughs> that their program's upside down and on fire, right? They know that they haven't gotten their car out of the trailer for four months, but they did buy an entry. They did buy a tech card. They did travel across the country to get here. By God, treat them with some respect. Treat them with some admiration, right? Right. I mean, I see it in our media a lot. Like I see it from announcers sometimes where like a, a racer's car doesn't, doesn't start on the starting line, right? Or it's, they pull up to the water box and it won't fire. And it's like the announcers are quick to like jump on. I'm like, oh, tough weekend. It's like, Hey man, this guy just busted his ass to get to this moment. And now you're going to make him feel less than you think he wants his car to not start. You think he thought that battery was going to fail him. Did you, did he know that it wasn't plugged in or that his kid accidentally tripped over it whenever they were walking around to the back of the trailer and it's been unplugged for four hours. No, they didn't, they didn't know that. And we have to treat these people with some level of appreciation and we would be blown away where our sport would be if more TJ Pruitt's existed, dude. And I didn't mean to go on this big, this big tangent, but it does feel (laughs) worth mentioning. No, you got me pumped up. I'm like all these ideas running in my head because I have to agree with you so much. So this is my perspective. And from my perspective, this is what I'm seeing. You see a $10,000 pro mod race or 15 or $20,000 pro mod race. You may get a minimum of cars to show up. If you get a race that doesn't pay near as much, just say, you know, standard pro mod here in the South, 3,000. Three, yeah. You make them feel good. 
you make them feel really good. You give them the publicity, you know, up, up until the race, two weeks before the race. I'm pumping up Rick Roberts, 20-year-old Rick Roberts and his dad, Doug Roberts. Father-son duo will be at Night of Fire. And everybody's like, oh, my God, father-son duo is going to be at Night of Fire. We got to go check it out. Check it out. Who runs the final round in Night of Fire? Father versus son. Everybody knows about it already. They've seen it on social media. They've seen it on drag coverage. And also, one thing I think we've lost a little bit of, Wes, is promoting drivers instead of cars. I feel like when you promote the driver, too, it builds like a personal connection. And so this father and son duo that I, I promoted, they get to the final round, 386 versus 384, side-by-side -side action. Rick Roberts, the son, spins around the finals. He doesn't hit anything. But just building that atmosphere or feeling important, like you mentioned, in my opinion, giving them that publicity is more important than the money. Let's be real. Do they race for money? Do you think they race for money? Let's be real. I, no, they don't. And I'll tell you and this. I know, because, and I know you you pay big bucks on that. No, but I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, here's a, I'll pull back the veil a little bit. So like we literally this week had a, well, what is today? But yeah, we this week we've had multiple discussions about increasing the purse for the World Series of ProMod. And we have some pathways to pull that off. It's $100,000 to win right now. But I tell you what, man, it don't matter. There are better things we could do with that money. Buy nicer jackets. for <laughs> we, we get jackets for everybody that accepts an invitation oh, wow. to the World Series of ProMod. We get, you, you know, we do more of that type of thing because you'd be better off. One of my favorite stories, and I haven't told this in a long time, is I, was, I remember I was at... Um, and I've got to be careful of naming names here because people are sensitive. But I remember being at a, uh, an, let's just say it, an ADRL race um, a long, long time ago. And it had changed hands a handful of times or whatever, right? And it was kind of in that tumultuous years of ADRL. But anyways, there was this moment where uh, a friend of mine is a chassis builder. Uh, built a built a car. He'd been pro. Well, I'm just going to name names. So Rick Jones built a pro pro nitrous car. They were a right. pro stock chassis builder, right? RJ Race Cars had built their brand on the back of primarily um, NHRA pro stock and Absolutely. IHRA pro stock uh, drag racing, and they've obviously had tons of successful sportsman cars. But that was kind of like their flagship pro stock. But they saw the writing on the wall. They recognized that pro modified was like next man up, and so they decided collectively that they were going to build their own pro mod car they built a 60 a blue 69 camaro really good looking hot rod ricky jones jr rick's son was going to drive it and it was this whole deal and they were basically their goal was to demonstrate that they could do this successfully and use that as a catalyst to obviously sell more rick jones built pro mod cars and they qualified number one at the ADRL event that was in Maple Grove, Pennsylvania. This has been a hundred years ago, right? And it was a huge moment for them, right? Because if you think about it, they don't have a pro mod pedigree. They've got a pro stock pedigree. So they've brought this whole new kind of approach to racing to, to eighth mile outlaw drag racing. And they finally had this huge successful moment, right? And there was this, this whole kind of situation unfolded where they, they, the ADRL sends over their staff photographer and their sponsor liaison or whatever. And they go over and they say, Hey, we're going to get a picture of you guys, you know, Rick and Ricky and the crew with their blue Camaro. And they're going to give them their number one qualifier plaque. Right. And so they take the photo, they hand them the plaque and Ricky's holding it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, cheese number one or whatever. And so then the photo gets taken and the photographer goes, Hey, 
uh, give me that plaque back. And Rick Jones goes, what do you mean you want this plaque back? And they go, oh, you racers don't care about plaques. You just want to check. You know, we just, that's just a photo prop, right? Yeah. We're going to use it. So what they had done to up until that point was they had used the same plaque for everybody, right? Because it was just a prop. And Rick Jones wouldn't give it to him. He said, no, I'll have that money, that check, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks. We'll have that spent before we get out of here. You know what I mean? All I want is that plaque because it'll hang on the wall of our shop for a hundred years and we'll, we'll show it to people. This is the time we qualified number one in pro nitrous. And I think that's a lesson for every promoter out there that it's not always about the money. Like we use the money. Like, so with the world series of pro mod, we use the hundred thousand dollars because it's a marketing spend. My, my thought is I can either, pay this money to my racers who I want to get the money, or I can spend 50, 60, $70,000 in advertising locally, right? To generate that level of interest. Yes. Because the, those, that big number moves the needle. It just does. When you start throwing around big numbers like that, you start to get some interest from the local media that doesn't care about motorsports because they're going, Oh, hundred grand. They're having some sort of race for a hundred grand. So for me, it's a tool and I would, I would rather give it to my racers than give it to radio stations and TV stations, right? Or Facebook and Google. But you don't, it's not all about the money. It's really not. It's about the plaque. It's about that four by eight happy Gilmore check. It's about the jackets, about the trophy. It's about the photos. I mean, you sent me the photo of Michael Neal who ended up winning the legend himself, Michael <laughs> Neal, who ended up winning your race. Like, it's more about those moments and holding up the check and holding the trophy, getting a photo with TJ Pruitt, right? I mean, you've got to oh. find ways to put more emphasis on that than the money. Let's let's be real. It took them way more money to get that <laughs> than what they want. I mean, that was nothing. But you're right, Wes. Everything you're saying is what I've been focusing on. I spent a lot of dollars on on advertising. Spent a lot of dollars promoting them on drag coverage, but. And that's one thing I want to work on even more moving forward is the experience. I think the experience is very important. Agreed. The best, I mean, I can't even describe the feeling of being in that winter circles when I'm handing them, I have this, what we call the drag coverage golden check. It's this beautiful check to hang on the wall. And they're, and man, I have been trying to get one of these for so many years. The legend, we're talking about a legend, Michael Neal and his dad, Mike Neal, standing there saying, you have, they didn't say, give me the money. What did they say? I have been trying to get one of these to hang on the wall forever. That money is going to. Them old boys fitting to put that in the living room. Right. It's so funny, though. In the final round, he's running Hank Stubbs. And Hank, man, Hank's got a bad hot rod. 367, 207 miles per hour at steel, local track. He comes back, first round of qualifying, lips the gas, goes 390 at 200-something miles per hour. So in the final round, Hank's staged up against the legend, you know, Michael Neal, what is he going to do? The, 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 the crowd is full on both sides. So he does a burnout to the scoreboards. Burnout. How'd you know? Because <laughs> that's the way God intended. He's trying to get into heaven, dog. You know so what I mean? They leave the starting line, final round. Now, you check this out. They're they're racing for, I would think, you know, nowhere near nothing will pay for the bills. But they are trying to get that what? That, that win, check. that recognition in the winter circle of the drag coverage night of fire, 
the biggest pro mod race that these local guys, the bracket racers, the index breaker, in my opinion, the biggest race that these guys attend all year long. They look forward to it. So it's a pedal fest. Neil literally blows the door off to take the win. He blows the door off to win. So I say all that because we turn the car around in the winter circle photo because the door is off of the car. Oh, that's hilarious. And I, and I reach up and I, I hand him this check and I said, congratulations. And the smiles and the family is high five. And that, that moment of being in the winter circle and there's thousands of fans sitting in the background. It's about the experience, Wes. I think we're forgetting about the experience. We're not spending the, I think it's going to be important moving forward to spend time on the experience. There's some things I want to do next year. Like, I think Galen Rollis and a lot of the bracket promoters like Peter Biondo and Cal, they do a good job. I'm speaking bracket racing because I got to give bracket racers some love while I'm on here. Absolutely, man. They do the experience. You ever seen those? Have you ever seen their winter circle? Oh, I they know. They got, them, and they got them girls. And to Peter Biondo, the, the, the way they do the spring fling, you know, he's got a limo there to like yeah. take them downtown <laughs> on the strip in Vegas and put them up in a suite. And you nailed it because that experience. So this is what I tell anybody that's a promoter uh, that, and they ask me like for input or advice. And I think this is worth, this is an important thing to remember. People don't remember what happened. No. They remember how they felt. Yes. That, and, and, it, and that can extend to your wife. Like, so say your wife gets accosted at the, at the gate that no matter what happens at that race, Kenny Bernstein runs 340 or Frankie Taylor goes 345 in the eighth month. It don't matter. They treated your wife like shit and you're to rebuild. Like, I mean, you know, if you made a wife mad, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I use that extreme of an example because people don't remember what happened. They remember how they felt. How they felt. How they felt. And you have to, you know, you're only going to have one winner. Right. There's only one Michael Neal. So for us, the challenge every every time we put on a race is how can I make sure the guy who doesn't qualify or the guy who loses in the first round feels good. Right. And that's a yeah. big, big challenge. That's an uphill battle. But if you're at least considering that you're 100 miles ahead of everybody else, because that is so important to make sure like you said, the experience matters so much, man. So one thing that I do, Wes, to, to improve that experience, I get there. My race is Thursday, Friday, so it's like a three-day race. I get there on Tuesday, and I mark off the first two to three rows. And I say, these rows are going to be pro mod. And I escort every single pro mod to the front row. So, yeah, you've got the pro mod guy. that He's got the small trailer. He's got a motorhome, or he may has a, have a gooseneck. He rolls in and says, hey, TJ, I'm running Pro Mod Nitrous. I grab on my scooter. Come here. Take the caution tape off. Here's your parking spot, front row. He knows he can't compete. A lot of these guys know they can't compete with the, the 959s and such. But this guy is parked on the front row in the middle of Mike Neal. You've got Tim Seegers, Hank Stubbs with the blower guys. You know, it's the experience. Right. That's I mean, it really good. is. He's I like, mean, and you can't, a- you can't ex- assume that they're going to win. And, and here's the other thing that even sometimes when people do win, this is something that I see like still fairly frequently right now yeah. is that there's a, we, we get a little desensitized to the fact that like the guy who does win, this may be the only time he wins. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something I think is lost on some folks sometimes is they've been around people that win a lot or they've been around people that have had a lot of success in drag racing. And they don't realize that the bulk of people, the the majority have gone to the same racetrack for 15, 20 years in a row and, and probably never won a race, maybe never won a round. So when they do win a race, you are unfortunately or, un- or fortunately, however you want to look at it, you owe it to that person to treat it like Jesus is uh, back. Yes. You have to treat it like the biggest thing ever right. because they may never experience this again. They yes. may, ne- may never, ever get their photo taken in the winner's circle again. So when they do, it's on you to make sure that it's the most unforgettable experience of their lives and we, we joke about it all the time. Like in NHRA, they do a good job with their winner circle and they do, you know, for the most part, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not saying it couldn't be improved, but uh, that is a, enough of a hubbub, enough of a big deal that we joke all the time. Somebody wins a Wally, you can pretty much count on them drag racing for another four or five years without question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that gave them enough juice that they're, they're going to keep chasing it for four or five years because they got that one W. And I just, I I can't give you enough credit, TJ. And I watched it from afar. Like we've not been as close as we probably should have because we line up on so many things. And, you know, obviously I've been paying attention to everything you do for a decade now, over a decade. Um, But I'm just, I'm proud of you, man. I don't know. I'm not here to be that guy that's like proud of you, but I genuinely am because we need more people such as yourself that truly love this stuff, truly love the people, right? That, mm-hmm. that make this sport what it is, because that's really the difference. Like I, I've been blessed to do a lot of things in my life and meet a lot of people. This is a special community. It really, really is. And to have people like you that are willing to spend their own money, their own time, stick their neck out, take a chance in an effort to benefit this sport, man, uh, thank you. It means a lot. To me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Wes. That really does mean a lot. I think moving forward, we have a lot of challenges ahead. Let's be real. Yeah. Drag racing, sure. ha- the economy, everything, which impact drag race. We have a lot of challenges in he- ahead. And one thing, and, and I want to give this, hopefully everybody's listening, listening to this. I think it's going to be very important moving forward that we work together. Tracks work together. Operators work together. Everything that you and I are talking about today, sharing best ideas, it's going to be very important moving forward that I don't want to be the best. I mean, I'm going to do the best I can, but I want to ensure every promoter around me is important and is successful because if they are successful, everybody's successful. So I think it's going to be important moving forward uh, that we really work together. to get. It, I'm glad you brought that up because that has been at the heart of really everything we've done at Drag Illustrated in the last year or so is really trying to lean into collaboration. I saw a meme on social the other day and it said, the people at the bottom compete, the people at the top are collaborating. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. 
because what we're trying to do, like within, we just announced a few weeks ago, the Skag Power Equipment Pro Superstar Shootout, our first Drag Illustrated's first foray into nitro racing. We've got a, a quarter million up for grabs in top fuel, a quarter million up for Saw grabs that. in 20 car, 125,000 up for grabs in pro stock. And people I hate like, that y'all announced that. I'm trying to sit in a meeting and I'm sitting there like, crap, these. <laughs> I apologize. Like, you know, you know as, a, as, a, as a website owner, you got insights. What the hell are they about to announce? Yeah. <laughs> Right. No, and it was like so and people, you know, a lot of attention's been put on like, oh, it's just top fuel. Oh, it's just funny carts, the same old, same old, it's just big money. What you're missing is the level of collaboration that's happening. And that's what we're excited about is I've got pro stock team owners talking to top fuel team owners. I got oh, funny car team owners talking with top fuel team owners and pro stock. Like I'm, we're tearing down walls and we're creating an era of environment of collaboration where people recognize exactly your point. We could accomplish a lot more together than we can uh, as these individual little beacons out there. Like we have to work together because there's a bright future out there for the sport of drag racing, but I don't think we're going to achieve it as quick as we could if we're all swimming in the same direction and we're all in lockstep that it's like what's good for TJ Pruitt and the drag coverage night of fire is good for the world series of pro mod, which is good for Midwest, which is good for NHRA, which is good for yellow bullet, which is good for PDRA, which is good for NMCA. Like, there's enough to go around and there's been a scarcity mindset permeate drag racing for a hundred years where everybody, every sponsor, everybody is so, uh, uh, up in arms about everything. Well, they're going to try to come after our sponsor. Oh, they're going to kind of come after our racers guys. There's enough to go around. Yes, right. Absolutely. I mean, most of the chassis shops, most of the manufacturer that I deal with can't keep up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These guys can't build enough motors. They can't build enough race cars. Every time I get on social media, I'm seeing, you know, glamour photos of the next badass X275. Oh my car, God. The There's X- a new car that comes out every it's week. Unbelievable, it's unbelievable. Right? Yes. So like why? And, and people why? are spending the money. They're spending oh, it. It's unbelievable, man. Well, so real quick, before I let you go, you've been racing yourself. So what, what, what have you been racing? Cause I've seen you with like a Vega. But I've also seen you with like a pro-charged big tire Camaro. <laughs> I'm all over the place to be okay. honest with you. So I started off bracket racing. I've yeah. ran like I started off with a rear engine dragster. I thought that was cool. Then I upgraded to a pro-charged dragster that I bracket race. It's 410s, 420s, bracket racing. And I'm going to tell you, Wes, bracket racing going fast is friggin'. Then I raced it and I thought, this is pretty stupid. I want to drive a slow door car. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought a slow door car, bracket race. So I've got so I bracket race two two cars and a I bought a pro mod. It's built by Douglas Klein, uh, precision chassis chassis. Oh yeah. Builds like Mike Hill stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so you know oh yeah, my yeah. god, one of the best fabricators out Great there. Great guy. So I, I have yeah. that car, it's called Thriller. But small tire, so I parked Thriller, the Pro Mod, because they're Big tire is a little bit slow. That's one thing I want to talk with you about offline is uh, trying to build back pro mods. I saw I was listening to you and Keith about all the rules. We're having the same issues in the South. I think everyone's having issues with it's rules. Hard. It's really hard. It, it's so, I, Wes, I've sat down for hours and hours brainstorming. I don't know a solution. Does anybody know a solution? How do you fix rules? I mean, it's it, it, it's hard. I mean, and it's so it's so uh, we should bring Mike back in here because Mike's been a big part of like these regional rules and stuff. But it, it it's just hard because like you could set the rules however you want them, but then you throw like a Todd Tudoro in the mix, and you've nuked it. You know what I mean? Or like you know what I mean? Like it's it's very tough 
because you build rules on max performance, right? And not everybody's able to get to that max performance level. Not everybody's willing to run their stuff on the ragged edge. It, it's not easy. Well, it's really this is not. the thing. I had a conversation with Nick Andrews. He runs the Nitro Association down here that I use. We had 22 pro miles on the property. 22. Actually, which is fantastic. Dude. 24 pro miles at night of fire. 24. And we're thinking about, we're trying to talk about these rules. Should you, you have the trash man, Ralph Edington. You know, the last few years, he's raced some Mike Hill cars. He wasn't your top performer. And trash man says, I'm going to sit out a year and a half. And when I come back, he says, I'm in my 60s. I forgot how old Ralph is. But when I come back, I want to be competitive. He sat out a year and a half. He bought one of Randy Weatherford's old cars. Uh, big motor, big nicest. Comes back. Wins the Nitrous, Southern Nitrous Championship. Sets the bar high, starts running quicker, a tenth or so. To a tenth I know so. this guy. Back he won the Southern Nitrous Racers Association Championship. I know That's right. Guy. Okay, That's okay. correct. You I know, know Ralph. We call him the yep. trash man. Okay. I, I never we, heard him called that, but now I, I like him even yeah. more. Okay. <laughs> Should right. we penalize racers for wanting to be the best and get the best equipment and try to run as fast as they can? It seems like we are, which I, I get it. I get it. We you have to have some rules or you're going to have one car out running everybody. So that's what I struggle with. I'm on both sides of the fence. It's you know, here you go, Ralph. Ralph takes a year and a half off to build his program out, research, get all these people to help him, blows the field away. Well, not completely blow the field away, but you know, I, I know what you mean. Though. A lot yeah. faster. So the rule thing, I, I don't know what to do. I've been asked to put together a blower association for the South because there's such a big gap between you got your Hank Stubbs running 367 but then you have like your big, big money Bill Clan. He's a root scar. He goes three eighty. What did Bill run? Three eighties. Yeah, he runs. He's a three eighties, three nineties car consistently. Okay. Uh, you got the Batmobile, but Bill Clan and the Batmobile, Tim Seegers are two of the fan favorites. Right. You put those guys on a flyer. Thousands of spectators are going to come. Shit, I about came when I saw <laughs> Bill Clanton on the uh, when I saw Big Money on there. I'm like, oh my god, I guess I'm going to steal Alabama this weekend. I know. I so we got these cars. Race. Most of the fields going 389, and then Hank Stubbs just blasts through 367, 207 miles per hour. How do you fix that gap? Wes? How, let, let, I'm bringing Mike in. Mike, what do you think about that? Because this is a real challenge, right? It is. Like, and I need help, Mike. I need help. I'm going to help <laughs> well, next year. Mike, I don't. I can't help you with those blower cars, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've, I've talked to Andy no. Pinkerton. Wes, I know we're trying to go. I don't know what no, time we have. Wes, no, no, we actually we met in Montgomery, but we really got to know each other in one of the NHRA races. Where were we Talk, at? Was, oh, when you were Tim hanging out with staff the Tim Tindall. Yeah, Tim Tindall. I was doing Tim Tindall's media, and Wes was walking around with the paper magazines. Hey, yeah. check out. This is my Drag Illustrated magazine here. I'm I like, think you came to St. Louis. I went, went to, to all the races with, with Tim, didn't you? Yeah. 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 All right. Tim yeah. Fly me when it was the, the bulldozers were still on the side, right? That's right. Before, before the the deal with uh, Mike Ashley. We teamed up with Mike Ashley, yeah, then man. Corey Coughlin was driving a car and all. But that's when we really got to know each other. But Mike, I, I, I know what the answer is. I've been asked, we, we even, I've talked to Andy Pinkerton, who was on Tim Tumble's team. Do you, the, the screw car is going to be only so many percent over? I don't know. I, I Well, the back to what I was talking about with the IHRA. In, in, in my experience, you tend to set the rules, or at least in, in history, the, the rule makers set the rules based on what the fastest cars are running. Mm -hmm. the quickest cars are running and that to me is kind of where the mistake starts i think you gotta you've gotta 
try to do something to, to, to bring the back of the field up a little bit. And you got to do something to slow your, your top guy down. But usually it's just like, well, that's what that combination can run. So all the other combinations, we got to make the rules so that they can run that. And everybody yeah. in the NHRA world now and in the really across the board, pro mods kind of almost gone to a, a situation where we're running all these combinations together and we've had to slow all of them down with weight yeah. and with overdrive and whatever else. And you can't, you, I think one of you guys said it earlier, the days of just running no rules, pro extreme, pro nitrous are over because of the gap between those combinations. And that no one has outside of Frankie Taylor and Doug Reister, there are no one, there's no one else on the planet that has those combinations anymore. Everybody's got a legal car that's built to, to NHRA specs with all the safety equipment and, and the weight and everything. So you've got to build a combination, I think, that meets somewhere in the middle. And that was always our complaint. You're talking about that letter that I wrote way back when. That was actually our complaint in that letter was don't set your rules because Shannon Jenkins and Mike Castellana were only a few numbers behind Adi and whoever else was, was out there crushing it with the blower at that time. But then the rest of the nitrous field was five, five six, seven numbers, five, six numbers behind, behind them behind Shannon. And so we were saying, look at the rest of these nitrous cars. You got, you got two cars that on a good day can be competitive with these blown cars, but then you've got eight or 10 others that can't even be competitive with those two guys. And so you, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to handle it and that nothing's perfect. We caught a ton of shit for that back in the day. And, and we kind of have always looked at it for that, from that perspective. Well, if you, if you told Shannon or Mike that they're not going to like that perspective. So everybody kind of comes at it from a different uh, angle. And it's, it's a, honestly the hardest part about pro mod, but it's what makes pro mod pro mod. But Mike, what about the guys that have the same equipment as the guys that are going fast, but just not going fast? Well, so then, then, then you go to not, the fact that they're not leaning yeah. on it enough. That's and, and, and I don't you know, know what they, you do, about but, that. but they don't have the, not only just they're not leaning enough, they don't have the knowledge or they just haven't figured it, it out or, or don't have any more parts. It's right. like Arnold, you know what, you know who will appreciate this is TJ Pruitt. It's reps and sets. <laughs> That's what Arnold Schwarzenegger says. More reps, and, and, yeah, and, and, exactly. but it's true. I mean, it's like whenever you, I, I get frustrated because I'll talk to a team that and they want to like compare themselves to Todd Tuttero. They want to compare themselves to Stevie Jackson. I said, well, what were you, what were you doing yesterday? And they're like, well, I was at work or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, well, Todd was testing. And you're never going to narrow that gap until you're putting in the same number of reps and sets that he is. I mean, it's just that's and it's and that's a real tough one, TJ. Because and I think that that's a hard, it's a tough pill for people to swallow. But like, if you go buy the latest, greatest shit, and you're not as fast as Randy Weatherford, or you're not right. as fast as whatever, clearly there's a pathway to get there, right? I mean, they've got the same yeah. stuff you do, but they're just spending more time on it. And nobody, but the problem that I have is that I don't think racer B, who's doesn't have the time to test on a Tuesday. I don't know that they should get like, I hate to see them penalized because that I recognize that that's really who props our sport up. Right. You know, because there's a whole lot more racer bees. You know what I mean? That they, they have they the drive, money. They drive their right? rig to the tra track. They drive their rig to the track. They get out, they work on it. Then they have to jump in the, jump in the driver's seat and drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard. You it's know, and that, hard. that's a different, it's a, it's as challenging. I think that we spent 
well over a hundred hours trying to come up with a world series of pro mod rules. And it's like, and it's the, it was the greatest challenge of that whole race, not coming up with the money, not oh, promoting absolutely. it. The rules. It was the rules. And I that, can believe that. <clears throat> I, I look at all these sanctions and series that, you know, do this week in and week out. And I tip my cap to them because yeah. it is a, it's a thankless job. It's a real significant challenge. It requires thick skin. It requires some ability to kind of remove yourself from popular opinion. It, it's hard. There's no doubt about it, man. But I think what you're going to be tasked with is just having an open mind. That's yeah. probably the thing that can serve you the best in that situation is just being with. I think the most important thing to do is listen to everybody, but you don't have to like take what they say for fact because racers um, I, I always, I joke like what, what, what radio station do racers listen to? W I I F M. What's in it I think that's, me? that's three or four right? weeks in a row. We got that. Yeah. One. Oh my God. You wouldn't that's, hear, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that say, yeah. this is what the rules should be. You go look at their car. It's their car. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh it's yeah. I mean, we heard it all the time. Yeah. I remember every time the first year I went to PRI and I, I could, if I, I should have taken notes the first ever year that we set up at PRI as drag illustrator, 2006, uh, I go to this trade show and every person that came to the booth said the same thing. You know what's wrong with that magazine of yours? And I'm like, oh, no, what? Not enough of my car. <laughs> not enough of where I race. Not enough of the track I race at. Not enough of the sanction I race at. It, you know what I mean? It, they all said the same thing. Not enough of me. And that's the challenge of a national deal. And that's why we go back to the regional thing, like what TJ's doing, like what Keith's doing. I kind of think that's our theme for today. But speaking of, got to get back to it. This guy is also like a nuclear engineer or electrical engineer or something. Total genius. Yeah. What TJ, I'm sure he's got something to go some, some world's problems that he's got to go solve today. So yeah, we take it up enough Actually, of his time here today. Hey guys, and, this has been great. I'm yeah. so glad I got to catch up. I guess I will see you at the drag illustrated after our show. <laughs> All right, dude, Let, we'll, we will turn it up. We'll turn Thanks, it TJ. up. This, Thanks this, so much this guys December. for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. So no problem. Buddy. Y'all have Thank a good you. one. Thanks so yeah. much. Talk to you soon, yep. brother. All right. Stay see in trouble. All right, let me pay some bills real quick, Mike, and we will wrap this thing up. Ladies and gentlemen, the West Buck Show is brought to you by way of our friends at flowracing.com. If you're a drag racer or a drag racing fan, you got to get on board with Flow Racing, the world leader in sports live streaming. Flow Racing provides unlimited access to drag racing's biggest events like Donald Long's Lights Out, No Mercy, and Sweet 16. Every stop on the PDRA and NMCA tours, Funny Car Chaos, World Cup Finals, Street Car Super Nationals, the World Series of Pro Mod, the forthcoming Skag Power Equipment Pro Superstar Shootout, and much, much more. Personally, Flow Racing is a fixture in my life. I'm able to follow along with multiple racing events from the comfort of my own home or while I'm on the road. The platform provided by Flow Racing is changing the sport of drag racing for the better, and there is no limit to the good they can do here. So log on to flowracing.com today and join the movement. Mike, we were supposed to talk about, I've got 20 minutes of topics here. Factory X, Nitro Olympics, Stevie Jackson's return, Angel Sam, Angel Sampay, uh, Cruz Pedragon's open house. Uh, let's, let's talk about this or punt. Let, let's, let's talk about the indie ones first. Let's, let's talk okay. about uh, Factory X coming back uh, or not, or, or finally going to get to see after side -by -side a lot of talk. Yeah. Side-by-side -side competition, four-car shootout with Factory X. Um, kind of slid in there i think just a few days ago i think is when the release yes, came sir. out in addition to all this stuff that's going on at indy but what do you expect to see out of that 
man, I think we're going to see like some mid six second, 200 plus mile an hour runs um, out of what I think a lot of people believe is like this reincarnation or next generation of pro stock. Uh, I, there's been a lot of people kind of hollering for this for a long time. All these cars have like 600 ish, 630, 650 horsepower factory built engines, right? From Chevy, Ford and Dodge. I think that that, however, backed by a clutch and a manual transmission, Liberty five speed on a 10, five W tire. I mean, there's, there's some real magic to what they're trying to do. These are steel roof and quarter cars. They look like real cars. They set like real cars. Um, we saw Greg Stanfield make kind of like the maiden voyage for these cars at the NHRA Summit Racing Equipment Nationals in uh, Norwalk a few weeks ago or a few months ago at this point, actually. But I'm excited for it, man. I'll be up there. I want to watch. I, I think this is a cool thing. I, I don't... It's an interesting thing because it feels like it's probably... I don't see it as a replacement to pro stock. I, I think that's what it was envisioned it. as initially, but I do see it as something different now. And totally it's taken a little while for it to get off the ground. I think when it was first announced, we thought we were going to see this much sooner than we have. And, and I think they've encountered some challenges. I think didn't uh, uh, Jeff Turk crash one of these, one of these yep. testing Bowling it. Green. So yep. there's, there's going to be like some growing pains before it really takes off. But I think maybe this will be a great launching point for it. To me, the key is that we've got, we've got a Dodge in the field, two Camaros, and a Ford Mustang. So it's not four Camaros. It's not whatever. So it's uh, you know factory representation across the board, which I think is probably the biggest complaint of what we've lost in pro stock. Yeah, I, I can't argue. I think it's really important. There is a part of me that goes, I don't really care what brand. I, I understand that being a part of the storyline. I'm I'm excited. It's to see. a huge part of the story. It is for, for it, the casual for a fan. lot for the casual yeah. fan. It, it's a big deal. Like they want to wave the dodge flag. Casual is probably not the right term, but people that really do want like align themselves that are brand, with a brand loyal. Yeah, which is I would have to believe the bulk of the automotive community fancy themselves brand loyal from Tesla. Right. Like, I think people are proud that they drive a Tesla. They're proud that they drive a Dodge, They're proud that they drive a Chevy or a Ford or whatever the case may be. So I do think it, it tickles that fancy, so to speak. And I think it just gives if they can keep it's obviously this stuff is so crazy expensive that it's hard to talk about it being budget friendly because I don't think that's necessarily accurate. But I think if they can keep it quasi under control and see it as something of like maybe a stepping stone to pro stock where uh, what I think would be man would be fantastic is to see this become like maybe a developmental class for pro stock where like this is the class you go run to get comfortable. I was talking to some pro stock team owners over the weekend and they were talking about the pressure they put on their drivers. They're like, what we're asking these people to do is hard. Like we're asking them to be within a few RPM on a, on a shift point. It, it is not for the faint of heart. And it is a, drastic it's dramatically different than anything else that happens in drag racing right yep i mean it, it really is i mean these are some of the only cars that still exist on a professional level where shifting gears is a part of the program right and i think if this if factory x becomes a place where they can like kind of get practice that ritual and and go through those motions and ultimately move up to it it would be cool to see 
KB Racing, KB Titan fielding a Factory X car <clears> or two, see Elite Motorsports fielding a couple, maybe see Mason McGahey's family, Chris McGahey fielding one. I mean, I, I think that that could be a, a really cool concept. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, we, to we've see seen it, a, right we've now. seen a push in that direction, kind of with the uh, top alcohol ranks, ba- basically Agreed. being a a, a uh, developmental situation for a lot of uh, nitro hopefuls. Yeah, and then also uh, JCM, uh, the the Maynard group with their um, developmental program that they're launching as far as getting drivers introduced to the sport. Uh, so maybe we'll see some convergence on, on all those fronts. Uh, another thing, Stevie Jackson making his return at Indy. What do you expect to see out of that? I don't think he'll miss a beat. I think this is huge for the fuel tech NHRA pro mod drag racing series presented by type a motors. They need, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I, I just, you need characters. You have, I mean, we just spent like the last two hours talking about how important it is, it is to have these people that are willing to put themselves out there and kind of do the dance of being a professional race car driver pro modified in the NHRA pro modified has lacked this in 2023. I'm here to say it. They've got some great racers, but they've got a, a, a bulk of racers that earn their living doing something else, right? Earn, running their own business feel, you know, whatever the case may be. I think it's important to have Stevie back in the, in the mix. I'm anxious to see kind of how the whole thing, uh, plays out because he's, I have to believe, I think we're seeing a different and I'm putting, you know, this is purely my opinion, but I think we're seeing a different Stevie Jackson in 2023. You're seeing a guy that's looking at life through the lens of a business owner. I think historically we've seen Stevie Jackson looking at life through the lens of a race car driver. I think at this point, he's got this big shop he's building in Georgia. He's, he's running Sydney Frigo's NHRA pro mod team to be on. I mean, let's be honest. Like that was rare error. Not that long ago. Like you had to be Al Billis, Mike Janis, uh, pro line, Jimmy Rector, Right. I mean, like you had to that was a big task. And if you were the one that was entrusted with running someone's NHRA Pro Mod drag racing series operation, that was the that was the focal point of your effort. Right. I mean, that was something that a lot of people have tried to do and have. Sw- and I, I see I'm anxious to see how it plays out. Right. I mean, do you yeah. I mean, because I think he's going to have to focus on his customer, which is Sidney Frigo. And that's, I, yeah, I'm just that's what he's to had see to do. how that whole thing works. Yep. Yep. And jumping back into the seat and balancing those other things, doing a podcast now also, you know, he's got a lot going on. And to me, the thing about NHRA Pro by, or just comes to mind, thinking about Stevie, thinking about Sidney Frigo, Justin Bond, Khaled Belushi. I almost feel like I don't know what car and what combination these guys are going to show up in from week to week. Uh, we've seen True. a lot of that. We've seen a lot of bouncing around. Um, the, the, the substitute driver rule, all these things have made, while they may be the right solution in some ways, have made consistency and, and knowing who's showing up with what a thing of the past when it comes to nature and pro mod. I feel like Ricky might show up, but you know, it's just, there's really no, there hasn't been a lot of continuity for the year. So we'll, maybe we'll see that going into in the playoffs. In my humble opinion. I think there has been a lack of continuity, and I mm-hmm. think that's a fantastic observation, Mike, Like that you deserve credit for, because throughout all of 2023, you didn't know what car they were going to be driving. You didn't know who was going to be driving that the car that we're talking about. Um, the, that, that carousel of people, carousel of cars, to, to, in my opinion, has contributed to like an overall lack of identity. 
And I, right? and I actually you don't, think you don't know it, who it is. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know I what they're going to be driving. Yeah. Someone that shows up every week or to all these races has committed to it um, with the same combination, the same car. Doug Winters, we've heard, is has withdrawn from the event. He uh, has. It, it's official. It, it, I mean, as, he, he's it, as far as we as, yeah, as far as we know, partly in protest of this exact situation we're talking about. So I think you, you do have a little bit of a maybe for next year. Which way do we go with NHRA Pro Mod? I would say it's, it hasn't been successful, uh, and I feel like everyone that races in HRA Pro Mod is, is, is mostly happy with the way it's gone. From the outside, I think that it has been a little bit tough to follow. There, it's, been, um, it's been scattered in a lot of ways. So maybe we'll get, we'll get Stevie back behind the, the wheel of a blown car for sure, have some continuity, continuity going into the playoffs, um, which is new this year also for Pro Mod with, a little, with the playoff system. Yeah, I, I uh, think it's a cool thing. I think yeah. they've done a lot of things right. But we and I, I totally appreciate the effort, right? Like, cause that's the thing. And I do feel that, you know, from the outside looking in, based on what I'm hearing about where NHRA is going to be parking pro modified at the US Nationals this weekend, I feel like the NHRA is uh, is embracing pro mod at a level that they haven't historically, and that's exciting. Uh, I think that's a positive. But I do think that, you know, these are growing pains. And it, it, I, that's the thing is I'm, I, I encourage anybody that's willing to swing the bat, willing to take a chance, right? Willing to take a calculated risk. But I, I also, uh, I, I think all those aforementioned people that are willing to take a chance, like they have to be willing to go, okay, or that one didn't, like just because that's what we chose to do doesn't mean that we, that's what we have to stick with. Uh, because personally, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the substitute rule. You and I have been back and forth on this. An argument can be made that the substitute driver rule has produced more cars and more consistent, consistent participation across the board, like as far as rigs and cars in the pits are concerned. But I do feel that the continuity hasn't been there and the stars haven't, we haven't had the opportunity to kind of like really follow someone's story because at the first opportunity that they have to go to their kid's graduation or whatever the case may be, they're putting someone else in the car. And that, to me is problematic. You know, it's not the way you build stars. It's not the way you get commitment from people. Um, cause people are going to take advantage of that opportunity. Like if yeah. that opportunity wasn't there, I don't think, I mean, I think you got guys making tough decisions. Like we're either going to have to forego the championship this year or we're foregoing graduation for yeah. our kids bar mitzvah or whatever. Right. So anyways, I think that those are interesting things. What do you make of the Angel Sampay deal? It would sounded like that was a huge news, right? Angel Sampay licensing in a top alcohol dragster as part of Antron Brown's driver development program going to be running two or three races. I think this year, Indy, St. Louis, Dallas. No, I think Indy. it's actually, I think it's Four. three races uh, after Indy. I know I actually, okay. I, don't, I don't think Indy is included in her schedule this year. So I could be wrong about that. I, I was trying to catch myself up on the press release okay. right before we jumped yeah, on. Um, but regardless of it, I think it's great. We saw Angel kind of on the sidelines and representing Mission Foods during the Too Fast, Too Tasty um, ceremonies and, and media stuff throughout the, the national events, which has been great. But such an icon and talent wasted. You know, got to get her in something. I think it's really cool to see uh, her and, and Antron were teammates for so long. Um, just really a dynamic duo for Don Schumacher racing in the pro stock bike in the army days. And then to have Antron make the transition to top fuel. And then now really, I mean, how long has Antron been in top fuel at this point? Like 15 years. At it's least. been a hot minute, right? And, and so, so 15 years later after Antron has been in top fuel here, 
now he is laying the pathway as a team owner for Angel to compete in top fuel. I, I think that's an awesome story. And that's the kind of stories that we love to tell and we love to shine a light on uh, with the things we do here. So I'm really excited about that to see obviously what she does uh, to end off in this year, but start of next year when we um, will see her in a top fuel ride. It's kind of crazy, right? I mean, I think he's been in top fuel since like 2000. Yeah. In 2008 made successful say, transition. 2008. Yeah. To top fuel from pro stock motorcycle with two wins and three number one qualifiers. And yeah, you think of all that he's accomplished. Yeah. He came right in. He, he kicked ass that first year. If you remember that. Yeah, which is, I, I mean, I kind of forgot about that in the moment, but you're 100% right. I think this is fantastic, and it it does just, it's like proof, it's evidence that this uh, tier the system, people, this feeder well, system can the, work. And people matter, and relationships yeah. matter, and the fact that these two maintained their relationship and friendship throughout the years, and then now it's come full circle. Cause I, I don't, I, f I forget maybe how that whole work, the, the deal worked in uh, the bikes. I know Angel rode for Winston and I can't remember. I think that was part of, of a different team. That might've been, that was pre Schumacher, but right. But then, Schumacher. Yep. yeah. Um, but she was like the lead dog and Antron was the newcomer. Now Antron is multi-time world champion. He's the lead dog. She's the newcomer. It's like, I mean, it's got a lot. I'm just writing a story for you, Nate. You are man, a lot of layers just to this on you. Yeah. Take this and, and, and make a story out of this, please. Cause it's, it really is cool. I'm glad to see it, man. I think that the sport of drag race, we do have some like real hitters, like some contributors that, that are significant, that have like a voice, have, have an opinion, have a perspective and have real skill and, and, and ability that need be drag racing. I, I don't, and, and, I, and, and we got to get her back in a ride too. So she can compete with Erica. They're going to be neck and neck. <laughs> like, for the, I mean, for Erica just needs one more, one more win to pass her, I believe, for all-time winning as female in motorsports history. So it, I'm sure Angel was like, get me back in a car so I can try to keep up with this. <laughs> all right. Last thing here before we uh, call it a day. And I want to give a huge shout out to all of our sponsors at the West Buck Show. Uh, of course, uh, longtime partners of ours here, Stroud Safety, Redline Synthetic Oils, Racers Club, uh, new members of the team, FlowRacing.com, Racers Club, and Amer uh, excuse me, I just said a Racer Club, Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Mike, do you think we see 300 miles an hour in the eighth mile this weekend at the NHRA U.S. Nationals? You're, you're a weather aficionado. We saw two like Keith Haney. I've lost my... I've lost my crown to Keith Haney, Mr. Barometer. Dude, he, pay, he pays close attention to the barometer. But we saw 299.73, I believe, last year um, in the eighth mile. At Indy? Uh, yeah, 299.73. Oh, yeah, I remember that. 2022 it was Brittany. It? Brittany Force. Yeah. Uh, do you think that she can uh, – I mean, what's your, what's your take on this? I, I think – didn't we get some weird weather come through to where it got really cool in Indy yep. last year? I was looking at the weather this year. It looks – great uh sunny friday looks pretty good i think maybe if they can put it together friday night but after that it gets hot i mean we're talking like like low 90s i think by uh saturday and sunday and monday so no no rain in the forecast let me knock on some wood really quick um weather looks great so far but hot after friday so maybe they can get something done friday but i highly doubt it i think to me you're gonna see that at uh sonoma or Vegas. I think Vegas is is a dark horse by one of the most interesting articles we've ever had 
on oh, Drag Illustrated was Brett yeah. Kepner's analysis of tracks that run uphill and how that adds just the extra bit of load to these nitro engines that those engines crave. And I believe, I forget the rest of the story, gives them a little bit more time on track to build some some mile per hour, and that's where we'll potentially see it. Or that's why we see, despite the adverse conditions of Las Vegas, we see big speeds there a lot. And then Sonoma, you just have the, the crazy conditions, which I believe, does Sonoma run downhill? Uh, I think uh, it, maybe it, I think Sonoma runs racing uphill at Sonoma. Oh, it's it's yeah, uphill. Uphill, yeah. It's uh, shutdown is well. definitely uphill at Sonoma. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Like that the engine like running uphill. I don't know, man. It's I'm excited to see. I don't but know. I don't also, see. It's also, if it the more Friday you night. The more you move around too. The if you if the car moves a little bit, it actually gives it more time and distance to build speed on track versus like a laser straight run wild stuff speed is wild like especially the way we clock it in drag racing versus the way we clock et it it's it's always been a, a interesting thing to me i, I agree 100 percent. i don't know that i i agree with you i don't think we're gonna see it happen this weekend it would be cool but i do think i mean not to throw this out here but i think if it's gonna happen it's probably gonna happen in bradenton next february Ooh. so I think it's probably going to happen in Bradenton next February. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see 300 in the eighth mile and 340 in the quarter. What's the bounty in the again thousand for foot? In the uh, thirty grand, thirty thirty grand. grand. Yeah, thirty grand from Philip Connect. Uh, shout out Jim Epler. Maybe that's just not there. enough money for these guys to just throw everything at it and to just or or maybe maybe throw away a run. What if you threw away a run? What if these guys threw away a run and just said we're basically running this thing eighth mile? as hard as it'll go. That's what it's going to take. Probably so. And I think that that's the situation that exists like at an indie where you got four or five, five qualifying mm -hmm. sessions. You just can't afford to get a run behind. Like that's, I remember I read an article uh, about Ron caps talking about how well they ran at Maple Grove a year or so ago or whenever they, it was the article that uh, Phil Burgess wrote on NHRA.com, which is a fantastic article actually. And it just talks about speed and drag racing and Ron complete like 100% identifies the fact that they just crushed it on Q1 set them up to make a Hail Mary run in Q2 oh you have to that, make a good they couldn't have run. made like if he goes the only reason we made the run we made in Q2 where they went like 339 and change he was, was because we nailed it on the first attempt and had they not nailed it they'd have been playing catch up and they wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to get that aggressive. So my thought is the only way I see it happening in Indy is just the fact that Grubby's been there before, right? He knows what 299, like he knows the, the, the tune up to go 299.73 in the eighth based on last year. And I just, I, part of me goes, if the, if the conditions are close and he goes, we can probably knock this out with a, a, a moving a timer a little bit. You, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I think that's going to be one of the stories of the weekend. It'd be cool to do it at Indy. Maybe, maybe that's the motivation to do it, that they want to do it at Indy and say it was done there. Um, and there's no, there's no group that's more like uh, fired up about etching their name into the history books, like drag racers, right? <laughs> that's I what mean, it's all about. Like, you know, like, okay, we could probably nuke our whole weekend here. But we'll be famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, let's let's do it. You know. So that's all right. Last fun. thing. Okay. 
let's talk about the 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 di squad team appearances and what we're doing in indy yeah man so i was actually going to run through this early on when keith haney was talking about how much it costs because mm -hmm. i thought oh, y'all we're about to spend 10 grand going to indy probably uh, maybe more and we're not even racing right you could we're save just a lot of money if you didn't bring jt, JT. If you, yeah, you, you could save at least five grand of that if you didn't have to pay JT's bar tab. That's a, that's a fact. So no, very excited, man. Huge shout out to Ox, the whole team at Cruz Pedragon Racing, inviting myself and the the Drag Illustrated crew, Mike and JT, to come hang out, sign autographs at the Cruz Pedragon to open a house on Thursday night. We'll be there from the the beginning to the bitter end. Uh, very excited to see all our friends in the drag racing community. Cruz Pedragon. That's an awesome deal. Huge car wow. show out back. That deal is music. Bonkers. I was not prepared food, for that. Trucks. And it's a badass spot too. Like it's a really nice facility. So huge shout out to Cruz Pedragon for having us in. Excited to be there. Support the nap, snap on funny car team. Uh, Friday, we'll be at the racetrack. Uh, excited to be a part of the NHRA US Nationals. We will be perusing the pits Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, from uh, start to the bitter end, man. I'm excited Saturday, to see you we've guys. Got a, we do have a special oh, yeah, event huge, Saturday yeah, in the uh, JCM pits um we can't divulge too many details but do have a cool unveiling and uh press conference in the hospital in the hospitality uh there between Which um, i believe 200 people have rsvp yep. too it's going to be the one between schumacher and wilkerson's pits right yep it's uh well so. uh what is it it's uh schumacher and ron caps yeah no sorry so, ron caps yeah. ron caps yeah. yeah the 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 maynard family uh hospitality yep. area but very exciting man it's yep. a no, dude, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I think that I talk about this all the time, like on our, like our business is unique and we're kind of like a reflection of like the modern business in this day and age. It's not at all unusual to have people working remotely all over creation. We got you and Charlotte and Nate uh, in Indianapolis and, and the JT, Caroline, Nancy. Blake, oh yeah, we're going to have Nate there. Nate's yeah, our Nate resident Indy. Yeah, we're spread all yeah. over creation and to have the opportunity to get together and see one another. Uh, I think it's really important, you know, and I, anytime I have the opportunity to be around my, my guys, uh, I get excited about it. Man. Yeah, man. Indy's my second home at this point. Make at least two kind or crazy, three right? trips to Indy every year now. It's it is kind of crazy, and I love yeah. that city, man. I really think uh, it, it's a great it's a great part of the country. Uh, I love the the downtown area. I love Claremont. I love Brownsburg. I love what is it? Where were we at for PRI Speedway, Indiana? That whole area yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of town. Uh, it's just a it's a great great part of the world, man. I can't wait to get there, uh, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us each and every week on the West Buck Show, man. We appreciate. Uh, it's so awesome to get to talk drag racing with all of y'all. Huge shout out to Keith Haney, TJ Pruitt, our guests. I think we should come up with some sort of bit like um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel did, where we're sorry Matt Damon wasn't able to make it. Right. Like he did that every week. Sorry to Matt Damon for not being able to get him on the show this week. We're going to do the same thing with Jim Halsey. Sorry to Jim Halsey for not being able to get him on the show this week. We're going to try again next week. Best of luck to him. Uh, huge shout out to John Mazarana. I just want to give some kudos. Uh, we are, this is a little bit of a special announcement. The winner of the Yellow Bullet Nationals this weekend at Cecil County Dragway in Maryland in Pro Modified will be automatically invited to the 2024 running of the Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod. I made that deal this morning. Super excited about that. We have all been talking for months that we wanted to identify some, some events in our community that really made a difference, that stood out, and we wanted to kind of 
make it known that there's an alliance, make it known that we support these events, make it known that we're proud of what they're doing. And the, the way that we feel we can do that is make sure that the winner of the yellowbullet.com nationals this coming weekend at Cecil County Dragway is automatically invited to the World Series of Pro Mod. So super excited about that. Looking forward to doing some more of that this year. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll probably have some more events. coming. Yeah. A lot of badass events, but huge shout out to Jim Halsey and John Mazarana at the Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Association. $25,000 up for grabs this weekend at YB Nats. So huge shout out to that whole group. Safe racing. I hope they have a fantastic weekend. Same goes for everybody at the NHRA. Almost 900 cars converging on uh, Indianapolis, Indiana for uh, the biggest drag race in the world. So it's an exciting time. Appreciate all you guys supporting this. Remember, click like, click share, click subscribe, and we will see you next Wednesday right here on the Drag Illustrated YouTube channel, Drag Illustrated Facebook page. Uh, thanks a bunch, guys. Yep. We'll talk to you. See you all in Indy. See you in Indy.